It's time we cash in on that poll winner and do Halloween Havoc 1997 in watch party form. This is Kicking Out of Two. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and thank you all so very much for not only voting for this in the polls, but for also joining us and hitting that download button this week as we got a pretty fun show planned for you. Not going to do too much hemming and hawing in my usual opening banter. I'm just going to get right into it. Joining me this week... Good buddy of mine, been a long time since we podcasted together. He actually is a big fan of this show, and I wanted him to be a part of it to go back and watch it with me on WWE Network. My buddy Chris Donovan, what's going on, man? Not too much, Dave. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to uh, go back and watch this event. Um, 22 years in the making of uh, October the 26th, 1997. Uh, there was a lot of. A lot of good stuff on this show, and a lot of a lot of shit that we're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna discuss and discover, and uh, you know, hopefully try to forget after watching this. But um, what I'd like all for you for all of you to do is to go to your WWE Network right now. Um, you have be logged in. Make sure you put your TV on mute and go to the in ring section. And when you find the WCW portion of the in-ring section, you're going to see WCW pay-per-views, and they're all listed by the year, and the year is 1997. The date is October the 26th, 1997. This show runs two hours, 51 minutes, and 38 seconds, so... uh you know, be prepared. You're in for you're in for the long haul with us this week uh, when it comes to uh, WCW Halloween Havoc 1997. And while you guys are doing all that searching, hit us up on social media, facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two. Hit the like button and also head over to our Twitter. Our handle is at kicking out two, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T and the number two. And if you're looking for links to archive shows, you can find those on both of those social, social media pages, excuse me, as well as the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. Search it. Retromania on Podbean. You'll find all the backlog archives of Kicking Out of Two as well as all the shows from Retromania. You have Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania is Dead, um, The Origins of Attitude, and so many other great shows. You can find that over there on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the uh, Apple Podcast app, Spotify, uh, iTunes, if that's still a thing by then, um, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, find us all over there um, by searching Retromania. All right, now the cheap plugs are out of the way. We got all that done. Let's get into it. When I say play, you're going to hit play. Make sure your TV's on mute because you're going to want to hear Chris and I talk. You're not going to want to hear Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, Lee Marshall. Even Heenan was there. Bobby Heenan was on this one too. Yeah, you're not going to want to hear him talk. His WCW commentary was not the best. Um but uh, you're going to want to hear us talk and give you our fan perspective of this event and things that are surrounding this event as we watch it unfold on WWE Network. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Five, four, three, two, one, hit play. And we open with this video montage of Age in the Cage, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. Non-title match, by the way. Oh, yeah, you gotta love Hogan versus Piper and whatever you can get it, though. But this came, like, a few weeks after Hell in the Cell with Shawn and Undertaker, so... You kind of... Probably wasn't their best idea to follow that up. Yeah. And they were also building to Hogan and Sting, um, which was already kind of announced and signed, or it was going to be signed following this event, so... It was weird because Piper was like the, uh, the 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 de facto commissioner at the time, um, and that's how he set this matchup with Hogan. 
Halloween Havoc, probably one of the the, the WCW's best pay-per-views. Oh, absolutely. I wish they brought stuff like that back. Like, I wish, like, Starcade and Halloween Havoc, Bash at the Beach. Those are great pay-per-views that can still be plugged today. Yeah. It was, um, at the time, uh... WWE, um, they own the, the, the licensing and the trademarks to some of these names like Halloween Havoc and Starcade. They they did a Starcade event yeah. as a, like a house show on the network. Um, the late, great Dusty Rhodes. That's right, baby. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Along with Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan. They'll be calling the action that you will not be listening to on this watch party. Um, but um, they own the names and they did like a Starcade like house show yeah, last years, year yeah and a couple of years ago um i heard that there is talk that they are trying to there's there there's a there's a rumor that they want to maybe incorporate bash at the beach at some point if um or even uh I mean, halloween bash havoc yeah, as bash like beach a, can't be that easy with SummerSlam. Though. a network special yeah exactly i mean you've already established SummerSlam. but like what's in october halloween well uh, for wwe yeah the, they usually do like hell in the cell or um, yes. Rage in the Cage or Penis in Uranus, you know, <laughs> one of those. All the weird stuff that they yeah. come up with. Yeah, Great Balls of Fire yeah. or oh, something stupid one. like that, yeah. But yeah, Halloween Havoc would be kind of cool to bring back. Absolutely. With like the intricate production with the sets, with like the graveyard you'll see as we watch throughout this show. And the thing is, they don't have to do it every year. This could be like a like once-off, say like, say like Halloween is on a Monday. And you have the Halloween the night before. Halloween Havoc the night before. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, they, they've done stuff like that. They've incorporated, like, Halloween into their programming, like, you yeah. know, with, like, uh, costume contests. Or they have, like, a trick-or-treat street fight. Yeah, that that, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that's, that. That's the bad way of incorporating yeah, Halloween. Oh, I know that, yeah. But, um, yeah, it would be kind of cool if they brought back the Halloween Havoc concept for... Uh, yeah, WCW sold out this Vegas arena. Oh, this was 97. They were fucking hot. They were printing money. Oh, yeah. Um, What's the first match? Sonny Ono managing Yuji Nagata. Oof. Scheduled to go one-on-one with the Ultimo Dragon. All right, well. Yeah. Not going to be much help in this match because I do not remember this guy at all. He was short-lived. He was, you know. I mean, I remember Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, he was a a short-lived run in WCW with Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono uh, was, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was a business partner of Eric Bischoff's um, as a salesman years and years before he started in WCW. And then he eventually um, got into the wrestling business and was involved in like sales and merchandise with like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. And then eventually he became fast friends with Bischoff and Bischoff hired him to work for WCW and he, was, he had an on-screen role. Sonny Ono would eventually end up suing WCW for racial discrimination and being awarded a large sum of money, and then he opened up his own car dealership. There you go. Yeah. Go figure. Excuse me. Get my my slug of water there. Stay hydrated. Always. Look at that uh, cape you got there, Ultimo. Now, you remember when Ultimo was in WWE, right? Briefly. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best. They didn't really know how to use him there. 
No, that was like during their time period where they like they gave us cruiserweight wrestling to give us cruiserweight wrestling, even yeah. though it didn't mean anything. Kind of like what they do now <laughs> with I mean, the yeah, cruiserweights. Now, now they have a whole show. Imagine, imagine Ultimo Dragon on two hundred five. I mean, obviously not now, but like Ultimo Dragon here. Yeah. Now that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. I'd have gotten behind that. They, I feel like they need a few more luchadors nowadays, but if they didn't it, see, here's the thing, like it. The wrestling is top-notch, okay? Like, I've watched a few 205s, and the wrestling is good. It's it's not the in-ring yeah. that's bad. It's the... There's no story behind yeah, a lot no of it. There's no build-up to any match or yeah. anything. You know? And so... And once, like, a person gets over in 205, I feel like they just go uh, either SmackDown or Raw mainstream. Yeah, and then they do nothing of, with them, you know? Yeah. Like, I, well, I will say, though, in recent memory, you know, between Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander... Um, True. They've kind of thrusted them into some decent spots on the main shows, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how that uh, how that goes yeah. moving forward. I know that, like, I read somewhere recently that when... Look at that. That's impressive. That is very impressive. When the network gets moved to, like, a, um, a tiered package, mm-hmm. that uh, when, they, when they change the price points, because eventually, like, they're going to... Eventually, the highest price plan that the network's going to have is going to be like $14.99 and uh one of them is um part of part of the part of the $14.99 package is like a live cruiserweight show um that will stream um on the live stream uh, on the network um but uh it wasn't um Right now, currently, it's you know you got two or five after SmackDown, but they're talking about maybe moving the show to like a different location. Have it instead of being on after SmackDown because the schedule changed with the moving to Fridays because going on Fox. Fox. Yeah. So um, Tuesday going to be just two or five. You order? I don't know if it's just going to be two or five or if it's going to be. Um, I I really don't know what it's going to be to be quite honest with you, because um, you know with the rumors of NXT moving um to fs1 um with this fox deal spoiler alert by the way yes this show drops in october on the 27th but we're recording this in august uh because i've got time on my hands and i thought this would be a good opportunity to record this so the when when this show airs smackdown will already be on fox and maybe we'll see some changes but um the 205 show i think is going to get some kind of a facelift either i heard a rumor about merging them with nxt That'd be kind of cool. And I think that that, that crowd would appreciate that for sure. All right. Back to this. Who's this guy again? Yuji Nagata. (laughs) I want to make this comment because I've been staring at it for like the longest time. If these guys are going to consider cruiserweights, neither one are very skinny. (laughs) Yuji Nagata got a little gut to him. Yeah. The the WCW video game we've played, the Revenge. Yuji's in that game. Is he? Yep. Jeez. He's like he's like in the it's back. On, with it's like, on one of those pages that you just skip over yeah, real exactly. quick. He's like on there with like Van Hammer and Shogun. Yeah. Shogun. <laughs> yeah. I remember Shogun. That's the only one I remember because that mask was awesome. <laughs> oh, we gotta play that again one of these uh, days. That's been a lot of fun. What was that, Doctor Frank or something? Like, oh, I forget. Yeah, Doctor Frankenstein. Then like they turned stupid. Jericho into Jeff Hardy on the video oh, game. God, that was really bad. I know I've I've been trying to figure it out for the last like three minutes because I know who he is I just can't think of his name. This is a young 
referee. Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson, who is now like the senior referee in WWE. WWE. Yeah. Like he is like 22 in this match. Charles Robinson's the Benjamin Button of professional wrestling. He doesn't age. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> Dude. I like the Halloween Havoc thing, but the Slim Jim logos in each corner is a little excessive. Uh, Slim Jim was paying them a lot of money with their sponsorship deals. You want to hear something interesting about Slim Jim? Um, when uh, when WCW um, uh, hired Randy Savage in late 94, mm-hmm. um, he had an endorsement deal with Slim Jim when he was in the WWF and he was doing this WWF was doing Slim Jim commercials with him in him for a while and when he went to WCW he no longer had that endorsement deal and WWF and Slim Jim flock action right here interesting Raven Saturn Kidman Sick Boy Sick Boy yeah that was a stupid name Riggs I think Riggs was somewhere in there too with the eye patch Um, and uh What's his name? Uh, oh, so so they tried doing the Slim Jim commercials, but with like Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel, <laughs> and it just didn't work. Obviously. So <clears throat> when um, when Savage left for WCW, um, Slim Jim called him and was like, "We want you to still do these commercials because it's not working out with these other guys." And um, so he signed a deal with them again, and. Somehow they got in contact with WCW about doing an endorsement deal. And the first like year or two of Savage's WCW contract was paid for by Slim Jim. Wow. Slim Jim's endorsement deal covered the cost of, of Randy Savage's contract. That's quite Which impressive. was like three quarters of a million dollars from what I'm hearing. Back then, that was, that was <clears> a lot of money. I mean, it's still a lot of money. Still, yeah, I know. <laughs> to us folks that work at the Jenga Center. Oops, did I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who at Jengris listens where, to this podcast other than you and me? <laughs> I don't think anyone. Yeah. Where is where the flock go? Because they show the flock walking down the steps, and now it's been like two minutes. They'll find their seats somewhere. Yeah, I mean, someone will get up. Nice Ultimate, like I here's the thing, I don't even remember who wins this match because I don't remember this match at all. I'm assuming Ultimate Dragon wins this match because basically I've never heard of the other Um guy. I think Yuji wins this match. Oh, wow. Yuji Nagata, I think they're trying to build him up to be a The story here is that Ultimo used to be managed by Sonny Ono and Sonny Ono had oh. tried you know, they split up and Sonny Ono brought Yuji Nagata in uh, to take care of his dirty work and up there. Ooh, good move. Nice. Nice arm bar on the uh the, the, the turnbuckle spot there. Man, slim joints everywhere. But it's not it's no surprise that WCW had a history of doing sponsorship like this, not just with Slim Jim, but uh if you were uh back in like the the late eighties, early nineties, they used to have the ring post covered with um uh Coors Light advertisements. So there you go. Yeah, and then there used to be this sneaker called Ruse. R-O-O-S and they were like an athletic sneaker like it was like a Nike type style sneaker they didn't last very long but they were a big sponsor and you used to see it say on the back Ruse on the um, on the on the ring post like similar to the the advertising on the Slim Jim there I love that premature celebration by uh, Sonny Ono yeah nice little variation of a figure four 
Benjamin Button over there making sure Sonny Ono doesn't gotta give up. The, gotta love the bow tie. I wish the referees kind of went back to that look with the with the blue shirt and the bow yeah, tie. A little classy. Yeah. The striped shirt, like... That's for, like, basketball. Yeah. yeah. Not wrestling. Oh, that was a botched move right there. Like, that one time when... One years ago when SmackDown used to have the blue referee shirts. Yep. Like, the golf shirts. Like, those were cool. I like that. Like, now yeah. it's just, like, the standard black and white stripes. I'm like, that shit just... It's yeah, tiring so for me. Yeah. Oh, I don't even think you hit them there. <laughs> But I think with the, the, the upcoming move to Fox, spoiler alert, um, the uh, they're going to try to add more of a sports presentation to SmackDown, give it a more athletic feel. That they've makes been, sense. They've been advertising it all over um, in commercials. I'm sure, I, I bet you opening day for football on Fox, oh, yeah. Roman Reigns or someone's going to be on the panel with, you know, Jimmy Johnson and fucking Terry Bradshaw Strahan. and Howie Long and Strahan, all those guys, yeah. I can see that. You know? It's a good call. Baseball with the World Series coming up, too. Like, yeah, you know. I could just, I could see the... That'll be right around the time of, uh... When they're full-fledged on there. Yeah. So the second I'm ultimately going up for this move. This, like... Hurricane Rana... Off the top rope. That was pretty impressive, I'm not gonna lie. Eugene Working on that arm. Or was at they one gave, point. They gave this a uh, match. Oh, that was a pretty quick tap. Very quick. Yeah, he got him in. He barely even got the move on. Yep. Match over. Wow. I was just about to say, they, they gave these guys a pretty healthy amount of time. And yeah. Then all of a sudden, it was over, and Sonny's Sonny does not think it's over at least. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he's trying to trying to uh, have Yuji Nagata work on that Sonny arm. Oh, no, he's gonna work him. on the arm. Sonny, I'm gonna hit him. Ooh, that was nice, nice little kick there. Ooh, yep. Sonny Ono, the originator of the selfie. That's a scary thought. See, look at this. Is he, was he handing him money? Is that yen? Probably. Is that a check? For doing the dirty work? See, it'd be cool right now if Eugene got it, just like drop Sonny Ono after he gave him money. Yeah. That'd be funny. This was during a phase when like Mortal Kombat was big in the video game world. Like they were trying to capitalize off of that audience with like the, the, the masked wrestlers and the, the, like remember when they had like Glacier and all those guys like, Glacier was supposed to be, like, the next big thing, and he was awful. Oh, yeah. Like, the vignettes were so cool, like, blood runs cold, and you saw, like, the snow and the ice and the one Dude, they eye. they were building him up for, like, a year, it felt like. Yeah. And then, like, he, he debuted, and, like, the debut was cool and all, but, like, it was once so short-lived. Once the bell rang, that was the end of it, yeah. yeah it was so short-lived. Yeah, they were, they were trying to capitalize on that, and... Like, what's the point of those hand wrist guard things? I don't know. Like I said, it looks like he's cosplaying Mortal Kombat. Disco! Disco Inferno, WCW TV champion. Oh, man. They had some cool titles back then. Yeah, I like WCW's old belts, they. Like, that's a... That looks like a heavyweight title. It does. Like, and it's just a TV title, which yeah. is probably, like, their, like, fifth best title at the time. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, Jacqueline. 
WWE Hall of Famer. Disco. I'm surprised Disco isn't at this point. They yeah, put everyone in there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he wrestled your Hall of Famer. Yeah. Howard Finkel's in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're about to have an intergender match, not for the title. Um, I don't know if that one's for the title or not. I'm not sure. Um, oh, wait. Uh, okay, so they were just building to a match and not having an X? Gotcha. Yeah, just cool. previewing it for later. This is Who the heck is this guy? All right, Jetto. Ghetto, I think that's his name. <laughs> I don't know. He's, actu- he's actually the head booker for New Japan Pro Wrestling currently. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, Stevie Richards. Kidman. Kidman looks like he's 12. Yeah, and he looks like he hadn't showered in about a month. Well, that's probably true. Yeah, Ghetto, Jetto, I forget how they pronounce his name here. Um, Jeez. He was a... Um, Is he good? He's not bad. He wrestles He wrestles Jericho in this match. Ah, oh, the long hair flowing locks of Jericho. Yeah, with the, with the leather vest. And, oh, man. Yeah, this is, this is before he really made a, a, a splash um, in the wrestling world. But, um... He was still great. Oh, no, he was. Like, I love this stuff. Um, <clears throat> great masters with Eddie Guerrero, Benoit. But, like, he didn't really hit his stride until he turned heel and did the whole thing with Malenko and kind of, you know, beating up all the cruiserweight guys. That was, like, when he really got noticed. Oh, yeah. Um, and then still, honestly, one of the best debuts ever when he in, debuted in, in, in WWE. WWE. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to go up against, to go up against the rock on your first night like that on the oh, microphone toe to toe like dude this ghetto outfit <laughs> yeah ghetto <laughs> like, ghetto what is he wearing yeah okay this match can't be long uh i don't know well, you know let me let me uh let me do some research here as we're watching um jericho wrestle this guy in his pajamas um <laughs> Like a, and it's not even a, like I want to say deep V, but it's more like a deep U. This guy's wearing like this is a weird outfit, dude. And it's not even it doesn't fit clearly. No, I don't think it was meant to fit, but definitely does not fit. Ooh, it's got a belly shirt on. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, like who thought that outfit was a good idea? And like in the back. This match doesn't go very long. It's goes seven minutes, 18 seconds. I think that actually is too long for this match. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's about, like, five minutes too long. Well, I... I, this, I remember as a kid, like, I ordered this pay-per-view. I watched it live with my brothers, and uh, this was an unadvertised match. This was, like, a bonus match. And they... they on commentary, they hype... So nice of them to give this as yeah, a bonus yeah, match. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. We, <laughs> we just really, dropped, we really appreciate it. We just dropped thirty bucks in hopes we get a Jericho Ghetto promo uh, bonus match on Halloween Havoc. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and on commentary they hyped up the Jericho and 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 Ghetto had a, um, a series of matches in Japan when Jericho spent time in Japan. So they tried to give us like a fast, quick build up, like these two guys know each other very well. Um, <clears throat> but. This individual here is also responsible for Jericho's most recent run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ah, so they're still friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, he's the head booker of... Um, if he is fat then, dude, I can't imagine what he looks like now. Um, well, he does have blonde hair. He's got some facial hair. Um, I think he's short. I mean, he's still, still shady still short is pretty... Cool, is it cool anymore? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, no more Eminem. Um, Hard to believe. He's, uh... 
he looks like he's in decent shape. I don't know. I'm not a big New Japan follower, so I don't know. Other people that listen to this show might have an idea. Um, but uh, like I said, he's the guy running the ship right there, right now over there in Japan. That's crazy. One that helped develop the Bullet Club and um, you know all the names have gone through Japan. Club shirt right now. Omega, the Bucks, and all those guys. Like, this is very influential. Let's put it that way. It's a big move right there from Jericho. Indeed, it is. Nice, uh, nice suplex. Start things out. Are you excited for Jericho's next adventure coming up soon? I know we're a, I know we're a retro podcast, but. No, no, I mean, we, you know, if it's relevant, we talk we, about it. I we we got to fill this match somehow. Yeah, we got to fill time, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the current shit, yeah, as we're watching the old shit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's... Jericho, at his age, he's almost 50, and he's finding ways to, to, to reinvent himself and stay relevant. And I think his name value is going to help AEW. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Jericho's always Steam. been the... Oh, look at that. Uh, the Ricky there. Steamboat right there. Nice clothesline over the top. Um, he's always found ways to stay relevant in wrestling. Absolutely. And always found ways to be different each time during each of his runs. And I think um, I think he's, I think his presence is really going to help um, AEW uh, personally. Um, Got a prediction for his tag team bonus? Tag team partners? Yeah. Um, like I said, we're... Or, you know, when this drops, it's going to be October 27th. So the debut on TNT will have already happened. But if I'm going to make a guess, um... Ooh, nice part of my ghetto. <sighs> I got one guess. What are you thinking, Neville? No, I'm thinking LAX. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard they might be they might be a part of it. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Just so you know, guys, we're probably going to air... We're probably going to, like, cover this and so we're all right about our guesses. Yeah. <laughs> go back you're gonna be like oh wait there was a like three second lag right there where there's no talking yeah that's because we just cut over it yeah but um no lax is a is a good uh is a good guess um they're uh they're they're set to be free agents fairly soon um so that wouldn't surprise me i've heard uh neville pock um might be one of his partners um I imagine they got some a few tricks up their sleeve. Got him. Um, you know. So they're de- they're debuting on the Susa the sixth or the fifth. The fifth or the fourth? <laughs> okay. No, wait a minute. They're debuting on the. They're debuting on the second and of then, October, and then yeah, SmackDowns on the SmackDowns on the fifth or the fourth. Jeez. On Fox. Big week for wrestling, right there. Yeah, I mean. AEW on TNT, SmackDown on Fox, you know. SmackDown's gonna SmackDown's trying to answer it already. Obviously, like I said, like Dave already said, this is August. They just announced that the twentieth anniversary of SmackDown show is gonna be for the uh, first episode. Yeah, that, that that's smart. Oh yeah, bring in the faces. Yeah, that's smart. You know, make it a big deal for yep. the first show. Get you know, try and hook the 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 casual viewers. Um, I, I've said it already, but this match is definitely too long. <laughs> it's like, it's a... Ooh. Oh, Jesus! What, who hit who with what? <laughs> Jericho hit his head on the fucking canvas. I'm surprised he's still alive. 
Like, but that was supposed to be a move for Jericho because it didn't look. I think like he was it. trying to do like a um, hurricane run. Yeah, and it just didn't work. Oh my goodness! Hopefully they show a replay. They didn't. They weren't known for doing the double features, but they would do like twelve replays at the end, and none of them were the finish. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's uh. That that looked like it. I love the old school railings to block the fans. I know. I, I they should bring those back. I mean, I know for like safety purposes yeah, they say, have. I was them. about to say, I think they that'd be cool, but there's no chance. Yeah, for safety reasons, yeah, they. Stay down his feet from that German suplex. Ooh. Rake him in the eyes. Ooh, punch him in the knee. What's going on? What the hell was that? I, I don't think I I think these are just botched moves at this point. Because I I think so too. Yeah, I think like that wasn't anything, and they they were up there for a while. And I don't know what his English while. is like, so I don't know how well the communication is between the two of them in this match here. Um, please be over. Yep, I hope so. Please be over. Walls of Jericho. Thank yep. you, dude. Back to back matches of super quick taps. Yeah. Like. Very quick. You don't see that nowadays. Everyone's you know. clapping because they know this fucking match is over. Thank oh, God. God. <laughs> Kids like touching Jericho. Yeah. Trying to get in that. Oh, he got a bloody there. nose and a bloody lip from that. One of them. One of the botched moves. That kid just wiped the blood on his face. Oh, I thought he did for a second there. What is that guy doing? Oh, what the hell has he got in his hand? See, watch oh, here. Here's a here's the box move. Like that was definitely Jesus. The replay didn't, didn't even, even catch all good. of that. And then here's the I don't know what he was trying to do. He like ate the canvas. I think he was trying to do like a like a drop kick and Jericho deflected it. But yeah. And quick tap. Yeah, thank you. Next. <laughs> For real. God. Give us a decent match, please. Well. Wow. Oh, the mean gene. Mean gene Oakland. Jeez. I wonder, how, wonder how big his bar tab was that night in Vegas. Oh, man. Deborah. Deborah McMichael. She was a fox. Yeah. I wouldn't have turned her down, that's for sure. Married to, uh, to, uh, once time, one time married to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. She just got her degree recently, like her master's degree, I think, in, like, criminal justice. Like, in some college in Alabama, I oh, want to say. That's something more reasonable then. Yeah. Because I don't know what she was doing beforehand. I don't know what kind of money she was making. I can't imagine much unless it was just off of Stone well, Cold. Maybe she was getting alimony or something for a certain period of time from Austin. I don't know. Steve Mongo McMichael. This is Mike, at the beginning of his run, right? Uh, he'd, he'd, been, he'd been there for about a year or so. At least wrestling-wise, because he was originally a commentator on Nitro. Yep. Um, and if I remember correctly, this match was supposed to be with, uh, what's his name? Goldberg? No. This match was supposed to be with uh, Jeff Jarrett. I believe so. Um, and Jarrett, I think, like, it was supposed to be, it was... I it, think it, you're it, right. It was built up as Jarrett versus uh, McMichael. And then, like, out of nowhere, Jarrett left, and that's when he started his WWE run. That's right. That's right. You are correct there, yeah. That was when he came in, and he kind of did that, like, shoot interview in, in the ring, and 
he was like a little bit more of a serious Jeff Jarrett character, but um, yeah, I mean as serious as he can be. Yeah, he'll. Um, is this one of those things where they talk about a match and then throw another match at us again? Yes, they do. But the match they're throwing out at us is probably the match of the night here. Oh, here it goes. This is where we get. This is where it gets good. Guys. Yeah. Um, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero title versus mask for the Cruiserweight Championship here. Honestly, one of my favorite Rey Mysterio matches and ring attires. Yes. <laughs> this ring attire is fantastic. Yes. It is great. I love it. It was a match. It, like you said, it was a mask versus belt match. Because later in the year Later in, uh, might, might not have even been this year. It might have been a little bit later on is when Mysterio was finally unmasked for the first time. Yeah, that was at uh, Super Brawl in February of 1999. Yes. By the Outsiders, Colin Nash. Yep. They, uh, they unmasked him. Late, um, great Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, this is probably, if I were to, I dare say this was probably the greatest cruiserweight wrestling match of all time. Between these two, is yeah, not to try to figure. I'm uh, not trying to think of other matches because of how great this match is. I would have to at least agree with you. <laughs> like this is like Eddie played the heel so well. Yes. Like in every like every instance he was the heel. WWE, WCW, he played a fantastic heel. Like absolutely, he knew exactly how to walk. He knew exactly how to look. He knew exactly how to talk. Like, he played up oh, the yeah. fans better than most wrestlers in history. Yeah, no, he was a good dickhead for sure, but he was so good at it that people respected him, oh, and then yeah. eventually, like, they turned him back into a good guy. You know, that whole lie, cheat, and steal thing was meant to be, yeah. like, for a heel, and the people embraced it, and, yeah. you know, that turned it back. he became an anti-hero in a lot of ways. Um, Do you remember the build-up for this match? Like why? Why was it a? Why was Eddie trying to get the mask? Just as a sign of like disrespect. Um, Which, because, yeah, I mean, losing because, the mask as a luchador is huge. Yeah, like, it's a big deal in Mexico still yes. to this day. Yes. Um, I didn't know if there was like a good backstory or anything. Like no, like it, it, was, it was. I think Eddie he did it. Dick. I think he did it in a match or in like a like an interview segment. I don't remember exactly when. And uh, he took the mask off, and Mysterio covered up his face and. It was it was built up as like this embarrassing moment for him and you know Eddie capitalized on that and then they they threw the stipulation in like you said there the mask coming off um, I'll put the title on the line you put the mask on the line um, back in Mexico you know a situation like this sometimes the 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 unmasked wrestler his hair would be on the line it'd be mask versus huh. hair that used to be a Jeez. big draw in Mexico if um, I remember correctly this match has no low points. Oh God, no! This is like wall-to-wall action for the, the the thirteen minutes and change that this match goes for. This match goes uh, thirteen minutes fifty-one seconds. Um, oof, right there, just non-stop action from these two. Um, Andrade in WWE, um, he was once known as um, El Idola, El El Sombro, or something like that um, in Mexico. What's that? I thought uh, El Idolo is that El Idolo is Idolo. like the the catchphrase, but um, La Sombra I think was his name in Mexico, and when 
he signed with WWE. He worked a match in Mexico and he lost his mask and they made like a huge deal out of it. Like they, Jeez. yeah, like when they take the mask off, it's like a huge thing. Like they got referees, they got like a whole bunch of people in the ring, like making sure that this guy takes his fucking mask off. Um, is it just me or is, I mean, obviously they could have tucked it in as much as they could, but it kind of looks like Gray's mask is attached to his. It is. There's, like there's no skin showing. Yeah, it's a full body suit. Yeah, it's a full body suit, I believe, yeah. Um, it, this is easily one of his, my favorite outfits ever worn by Ray. Yeah. It's part of the, it's part of the, the, the video game, the, the, yeah. you know, the revenge game. Oof. This is always the one I wore, the revenge game. Yeah. Jeez. And he still looks jacked, though. Oh, yeah. Always kept in great shape. Um, unfortunately, some of that wasn't natural. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had to produce some of that with performance enhancing drugs, but, um, who wasn't doing that at the time? Yeah. Now the outfit here, we just talked about it, you know, being one of your favorites. I love that tilt and world backbreaker. Jeez. Can't do that with anyone. You gotta, you know, that'd be the right guy. Mysterio oh, yeah. sold that very well. Wasn't there a movie during this time period in 97 that was like a comic book action type movie that had a character that had purple and black like this? Ooh, I'm trying to rip the mask off now. It kind of reminded me of the... It was one of the Batmans. It was like a Batman and Robin, I want to say, or like something where like it, this kind of looks like the Riddler a little bit. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but that was one of the first things I thought of. But that I also thought the stuff on his legs were question marks. Oh, and, I know and what this definitely is. would have been the regular. But. Okay, I know what this is. It's from the movie The Phantom in 1996. Okay. Yeah, I just googled it right now. Um, that's what the, that, that's what the that's what the uh, the gear is inspired by. The Phantom. Yeah. I don't remember that one. It was very like it didn't. Billy Zane, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Solid cast. Um, yeah. It was, It didn't do well in the theaters. Did well enough for WCW to make a costume for uh, Ray. Well, Ray, I think, also kind of took that one into his own hands. And, That's true. Um, but he's always incorporated, like, comic book action-style movies into his attire. Yeah. Um, he was the Flash once, Captain America. Um, he did a good job of... Uh, incorporating those into his his ring attire you got it it was always like when he when he would compete at wrestlemania it was like well, what comic book character is he gonna be you know like what's he gonna dress up as that That's seemed to, that seemed to be like what a lot of people used to look forward to the um, terrible penny attempt by Betty. He's yeah just holding his arms down and just mounting them it looks like very weird these guys were very good friends too oh yeah like family yeah, so they, they knew... This was probably... Even at the time, it was one of the... Watch like, this. Watch this sequence here. Oh, my God. <sighs> Fucking flawless. That's my favorite part of the whole match right there. Like, that. that's still, like... That would still be impressive today. Think he about he back did that in 97. He did that with um, Andrade uh, recently in a match. That exact move? Yeah, the exact move. It wasn't as flawless as no, that, no. that Ray's sequence Ray's there. Ray's also, like, upper 40s. Yeah, right, yeah. Now. Yeah, this is 22 years ago, right so... Here, looks like... Oh, jeez, oh, oh, oh. oh, Eddie. Nice drop kick out Good. to the floor. 
And he got back in that ring real quick. Is Eddie going to fly now is the question. I don't think Eddie flew as much as he... As much as the rest of the cruiserweights. No, he was more ground-based, like when he was a heel, especially. Um, I mean, he still, I'm assuming... I'm assuming he still did his uh, frog splash at the time. So. Oh, yeah. No, the frog splash yeah, was, was, was still part of his arsenal. But in terms of the psychology of his matches, especially as a heel, he was more of the ground-based oh, aggressor. Yeah. Um, That's kind of what you have to do because you're trying to take away the flight from the baby face because yeah. you're trying to be that asshole and stop the fans from being happy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, all the fans want to do right now is see Ray fly. Ooh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Ripping it. Yeah. God. It's been a while since I've seen this match, but this match is still such a classic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Man. I don't think Mysterio's ever worn this suit since because the the rip and the mask... He seems to. Thanks a lot, Eddie. <clears throat> yeah, he seems to. Uh, you know, when he when he wears something, it's usually like a one time thing, and then he's done with it. I, right. I'd so love to still, see. We still get to see it in WCW, NWA Revenge. Yeah, I'd love to see his closet with all his uh, his outfits. Yeah. This is that gory special, back breaking submission, perfected by his father, Gory Guerrero. Oh, Ooh, oh, nice counter into an arm drag. Ooh, oh, went for the drop missed. kick. Missed. Nice drop kick to the back of the head by Guerrero. Now, what did you think of their rivalry in 2005 when they did the whole thing with the custody thing with Dom? Yeah. I mean, they still produced fantastic matches. I thought it was kind of a little weird with the custody thing. Like, yeah. You Like, even then, you knew they were like, all right, well. And he's not actually getting custody yeah. of Ray's kid. That's not actually like, his. You kid. can't you can't bet a child in a match. Yeah. Like like where's DCF when you yeah, need like, them? You know what I mean? For real. Like oh my god. Why weren't there government officials like involved in this match? Like you don't put a custody of a child. <laughs> We're on. literally betting a child. I talked about this on uh, uh, one of the SummerSlam shows I did. There was a SummerSlam one year where it was Kane versus Matt Hardy, and it was the it was like the um, the lover or lever uh, match, and the winner got to marry Lita. Yeah. Like, that's you know what that's called? <laughs> Fucking human trafficking. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to work on Monday. Like, yeah. All right. So uh, if I beat you in a race on this hallway, I get to steal your girlfriend. Yeah, for real. Like, <laughs> thank you. I was waiting for Jeffrey Epstein to come and be the fucking guest referee. Like, come on. That's human trafficking. Like, oh my god. You win the you win the prize of a child or a, or a woman. Like, come on. Like, like, wrestling. Yeah. Pick it up. Exactly. <laughs> be better. I know. For real. Like, come on, you know? Or like I, I, I love it when like they used to like like commit like criminal acts on television, like 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 when someone like when the Undertaker kidnapped when, Stephanie, like that's when kidnapping. Vin, that's a when crime. Vince got blown up in yeah. the limo, like <laughs> the dude died. Yeah. The only reason he came back was because of the actual actual death of Chris Benoit. Yeah, like like what were they thinking? How, yeah. yeah, abduction of Stephanie. Yeah. Oh, or on I, camera too. It's like oh. you're committing a crime and there's a camera there. Even even when freaking uh, Triple H like. 
drugged, and I'm putting in quotation marks, oh, yeah. Stephanie, and married her. Like, what? <laughs> like, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. Oh, we missed the nice uh, baseball slide to the nuts for yeah. um, Guerrero. And now, ooh, and we're going to fly. Ooh. Talking, See, uh, talking over this match with a bunch of garbage. Great match, though. Yeah. But the garbage is necessary. Oh, yeah. Look at the NWO for life shirt in the front row. With that, the shit was, <laughs> that shit was selling like hotcakes, man. I, I found out recently that they still, the NWO um, t shirts still sell in Japan in like retail stores. Like, yeah, it's like. I've never been to Japan, but yeah, I can't neither have I. But it's huge. Oh, Almost a total. Oh, Jesus. One, two. Oh, kick out. Nice by Mysterio. Fl- fucking flawless right there. Like, that sequence between the two of them. Jesus. These guys knew each other so well that, like. They did not mess up. Like, when we just saw the Ghetto and Jericho match yeah. with all the misfires, yeah, you're not getting a misfire in this match. Yeah. Like, this was... I would imagine that there had to be some sort of language barrier with the communication between those two, but with Guerrero and Mysterio, not only because they... Jesus, what? Wow. The, See, this like, has been non-stop God. action. And I'm, I, thought, I thought we were going to pan back to Ray, and he was going to be ready to fly again, but... He'll probably get up quickly and fly. And like I said, boom. Oh wow. my god. I thought he was just going to hit him with a crossbody. Wow. He hit the off the ropes. Like, you don't even see that now. No. Like, good. Everything's god. everything's a, a, a plancha through the ropes or a fucking super kick. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Going there. I mean, I feel like we kind of spoiled the uh, ending at the beginning of the show. Oh, so about. what? Yeah. Ever, if, you, <laughs> if you're watching along with us, you've you've watched this before. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. If you've you never watched this though. before, you've lived under a fucking rock in the wrestling world. And, like, after this, listen to the commentators. Because even I bet you even even Bobby the Brain Heenan had to do a good job of this match. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah. Mike I mean, t- not as good as me and Dave, obviously. Yeah, no, but. no, of course not. Um, I know, I know Mike Tenay filled in in this match too as well. I wonder if he filled in for Dusty or if they had all four of them on there talking over each other. Oh yeah. Ooh, got nice. The, got the knees up. Nice little springboard there, Guerrero. Jeez, oh, I used to love his power bombs. Guerrero used to snap the guy, and the guy would just, especially if it was Ray, bounce off. Be like, yeah. God damn, he was just so vicious he with folded, those powerbombs. He folded him up yeah. with a pin, too. He pulled him in and folded him up. You oh, didn't see that. It was great. He is not happy. He's going to try to rip the mask again. I mean, you've already ripped it enough, dude. You rip it again, and it's probably coming off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like he didn't mean to rip it as much as he did. Because this whole match, like... Obviously, it's been nonstop action, but Ray has been consistently, like, touching the mask to make sure it's covering enough. Yeah. Which, obviously, understandable on his part. Oh. oh. Dazed. Nice counter Dazed. there. Dazed. Spinning heel kick by Mysterio. This might be the finish here. Close to it. He's called for something. I think it's that, uh, that top rope Hurricane Rana. Oh, oh! I, okay. I, uh, Damn it! We have a botch. There's a botch. Yep. Oh, the man. one. Yep. They're allowed to have one. Yep. In Fourteen minutes, guys. <laughs> non-stop action. Here's where Eddie's gonna go for frog splash. Yep. Looks like it. 
Oh, never mind. That was a somersault. Whatever the fuck. Jesus. Jeez. Oh, oh here's the finish right here. I know what this is. This is a great finish, too. Oh, wait a minute. I'm wrong. It's okay. We still love you. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to knock him clear off. Oh, no, I'm right. I am right. This is the finish right here. It's where he does that, like, crucifix. This is like the razor's edge? Kind of, yeah. And then Mysterio counters. Woo! Hurricane Rana. One, two, three. And the winner, Cruiserweight Champion. New Cruiserweight Champion. Jesus. Rey Mysterio. This was voted by Pro Wrestling Illustrated as the match of the year for 1997. I believe it. And, yeah, I, I, I don't argue it. No. I don't argue it, that's for sure. I'd be shocked if Eddie doesn't hit him right now. I think he does. I mean, he's a, he's a heel. He has to. Yeah, I think he like, does. He's, he's sitting there seething. Like he's like, crying. Like, he's not, like, out cold, like, at the end of some matches. So, I'm sitting right on cue. That's good. He threw him out of the ring. That's smart. So, you can at least follow him. At least Ray didn't drop the belt. Yeah. <laughs> strong, strong grip. Yeah. Holding it, holding it tight. Terrible mustache, but everything else created by. Yeah, his mullet too. <laughs> Ooh, that really had to have hurt. Like, like there's yeah. How fast could you be going for that to not hurt? Gee, that might be the best move. Yeah, that that Hurricane Rana from a crucifix power bomb for the pinning win, the combination there that was wow. crowds on their feet. Yeah. Had feel no bad choice. for the next match. Yeah. <laughs> the next match, yeah. <laughs> you gotta follow this. Jeez. Unfortunately, yeah. We all know how that's gonna turn out. But here's uh, here's Mean Gene. Probably gonna shield the hotline. Uh, tell us all to get our parents' permission first before calling. So that we could uh, listen to his bullshit about something that's not gonna happen or something that's not true. Yeah. Yep. yep there it is. <laughs> Phone number no longer active. Call costs a dollar fifty nine each minute. Kids must have parents' permission before calling. Yeah, okay. Did you ever call? I didn't call the WCW hotline once, but I called the WWF Superstar line once, um, without my parents' permission, yeah. and I got in trouble. Badass. Yeah, I listened to the Ross report with Jim Ross, and I found out that Brian Pillman was coming to the WWF. Okay. Before Pillman showed up Fine, and signed. Brian. Yeah. I was like, ooh. I was like, that's cool. And then my parents saw the phone bill and they were like, what's this WWF superstar line you <laughs> called that's like now $6 on our phone bill? Don't worry about it, Mom. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. The black oh, and. Young Eric Bischoff. The black and white screen here with Hogan and Bischoff. But this here is setting up the main event. Uh, with Hogan and Piper in the cage, they're trying to um, they're trying to uh, get WCW executives to ban Sting from the building because they feel like Sting is going to be involved in the match. Um, so they're kind of going back and forth here, talking about what they're going to do to Piper and you know Jeez. getting Sting out of here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. This might be a controversial question, even even question-wise. No, go for it. Was this Hogan's best run? Hollywood? No, I'm talking about Hogan all aspects. Like, obviously, the 
beginning in WWF was fantastic. But him as a heel. He reinvented himself. Oh, yeah. He reinvented himself and stayed and relevant. no one saw Because if he kept going with the good guy routine, who knows what would have happened. You know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? They turned him at the right time because people were just starting to not really be into him as a good guy. Yeah. Um, it was a great run. Um, his best run, though, that's tough. Because he, both of his runs are so important. In the beginning, oh, yeah. with the WWF, his early days he, was he made the WWF. Yeah, he helped make the WWF, and that was during the big international. That was during the big national expansion when you know wrestling was Buy becoming more mainstream. Buying when Vince was buying up guys from the territories and wiping that system out. Um, but then Hogan turning here in '96 and forming the NWO was a big part of the resurgence in wrestling. Yes. When wrestling wasn't as popular in the, the mid-90s from, like, 93 to even into, like, early parts of 96, those were just some bad years for wrestling as a whole. So when he turned and they did this NWO thing, they really... They were yeah. really... They were the major part of why wrestling was starting to become popular again. Yep. I agree. So I mean, I mean it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, to, I don't even think you can. I don't think you can answer it. Honestly, yeah, because it was they were like you said. Yeah, that's my point. So is it influential? Both both runs are so important. You know, Bischoff. And things just got taken a step further with other guys like Austin and over on yes. the other side of the WWF and DX and you know the insertion of of more adult oriented content and on WWF programming. Like it just seemed like the ante was being added up each time with different guys and but I think Hogan turning bad really started it all. And that's kind of the hope with AEW now, I think. I yeah. think with like AEW coming into focus, like WWE needs to step it up. Yep. Oh, so, I agree. And they an- so they answered the NWO and WCW then. Hopefully they answer it now, I mean. I mean, obviously I hope both succeed. Yeah. Cuz more having, wrestling yeah. is better for everybody, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I don't look at it like people nowadays. People look at it like, oh, it's it's gonna be a, a, a revised war, like the old WWF versus WCW war on the you know on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. I don't look at it as like a WWE versus an AEW thing. I look at it as like it's more wrestling for me to watch. Sure. It's now like you know, and with the way the landscape is now, there's more wrestling everywhere. You know. It's it's not just WWE. It is AEW. It is uh, um, you know uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan, and you know you can find wrestling just about anywhere. Um, that might have been the longest like backstage interview kind of thing I've seen in a while. Yeah, <laughs> they just went on and on, basically just like I said, giving us this Steve McMichael and right. Alex Wright. Yeah, like I yeah. said, I'm pretty sure that this match was booked for Jarrett. And then, like, Alex Ray was just, like, the first guy they saw in the back backstage. And they were like, oh, cool. You're here. You have your tights on. He wasn't bad, though. He uh, was terrible. Alex Wright? He was not good. <laughs> From what I remember. I feel like every time I play NWO WCW Revenge, like, that's the guy I fight first just to get, like, the cobwebs out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I need an easy match to remember how to play this game. Let me fight Alex Wright. Yeah. Or Shogun, obviously. Yeah. 
because of that sweet mask. Yeah. Steve McMichael, not one of my favorites, certainly. Oh, he was terrible. I was not a fan of him as a horseman. I didn't. Oh think God, that was fucking. Oh awful. my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. who thought that was a good idea? Like, first of all, did they announce Alex Ray up until this moment right here? Um, I think in that backstage interview with Deborah and Mongo earlier, they kind of mentioned it. Um, God, Alex Ray trying to be cool is not working. By the way. He was a good athlete, but I don't know. Just we dude. all know what this match leads to, obviously. Oh God! See, yeah, like the dance. He, he tried to be Disco Inferno. The dance, yeah. Like, das Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Oh my God! With Deborah McMichael, the queen of WCW. Terrible gimmick. This match goes six minutes thirty-one seconds oh too long, God. so. So six minutes and thirty-three seconds. So so gotcha. so we could so so we got to fill some time here. All right, we got the flock again. Yeah, <laughs> they're still there. Hey, sit down. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, do they do anything in this paper or do they just sit there the whole time? They used to just sit at a lot of those shows. It's very weird. like they wouldn't do a whole lot. Right. If they weren't on the card, they just like would have them. Sit I there. really hope that the six minutes and thirty-two seconds started. When they did when they did the intros. The entrances? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I honestly I really don't God. know. That's a bad idea. She just threw like half the flowers in like the stands and the other half like landed like next to the ring. Yeah. Like at this point, who do you root for? <laughs> like You 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 root for the referee to call it early. Oh my god. <laughs> That's probably your best call. Yeah. The ref could just call for, like a, they, call for a forfeit. Deborah and Mongo McMichael were married at this time. Right? At one time they were, yeah. Were they married know. at this time, though? I don't know. I don't know if they were still married or if they were getting a divorce. Or I don't know when that all really um, really transpired, to be perfectly honest with you. I Did Deborah ever do Playboy? No. I wish she did, though. Oh, yeah. She is a fucking fox. I used to think she was, she was Bone and Jeff Jarrett when they paired them up in WWF. Yeah. She used to come out with them little business suits on and be like, God damn it. Yeah. Good God. Mago's trying, trying to get a reaction from the audience because he knows that the match won't get a, a single reaction. God, he was not good. He was just... He wasn't even that big, actually, when you really think about it. Like, he was big, but... Mago looks like... Mago looks like a security guard at... A poker table at the casino. Yes. With that ponytail. Like he needs like a, a maroon double-breasted suit <laughs> and an earpiece with a name tag. They won't even say Steve. They'll say Mongo. Yeah, I'll just say Mongo on it. Yeah, exactly. Somebody page Mongo to uh, you know, the poker table, please. <laughs> Mongo, you're needed over here. Yeah. Maybe Mongo can get a job working at one of the 50 other fucking casinos our state's trying to put in. Yeah, I'm, all for, I'm all for that Bridgeport one. That's close to my parents' house. Oh, that's true, yeah. But they were talking about... There, there, there was a proposal, too, recently, not to get off topic here, about... Excel Center, right? Yeah, in Hartford. <laughs> Where is the UConn basketball going to play? Exactly. What are they looking at? Is Probably a fight in the stands that's more entertaining than the fucking fight in the ring. Alex <laughs> <laughs> Stranger just got on the, like, uh, the corner ropes, and he's just like, yo, stop having better matches out there. Yeah. The match is in here, asshole. Well, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, Mongo didn't really last very long in WCW as a wrestler. I think God. he would he would leave in early '99. Like he literally like quit the promotion. He like was got, this be, was this match before or after the Four Horsemen? The, this during this period of time, the Horsemen were disbanded. Um, Talking about when he was in it, though. Yeah, he was technic this this version right here. He was still st still technically listed as a horseman, but the horsemen were disbanded. This was when they did that angle where Ric Flair had the cage door slam on his face when Kurt Henning turned on him in the War Games. Yep, which those two will wrestle later on in the show. Um, so then Flair at that time disbanded the horsemen um, until he can you know figure some things out, deal with some issues. Um, so Mago kind of floundered for a while. Um, Understandably so. You know, after this, it worked on by Alex right, yeah. right now. So, <laughs> not surprised. No, not in the least bit. Alex Wright. All right. Alex Wright recently uh, had a um, was a guest coach at the WWE Performance Center. They yeah, brought him in. Really scraped the bottom barrel. <laughs> He's got his own wrestling school and promotion in like in um, in uh, Has he produced England. anyone? What's that? Has he produced anyone? Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, um, I know that I just found this out recently. He's not actually German. He's from England. So they promoted him like he was from Germany. But I mean, really they promoted him English. from like he's from Germany. But like, what part of Alex Wright sounds like he's from Germany? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, give him a better name if you want to think he's German. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's had some. I, I think he's. I, I think he's he, taller than what I remember. Yeah. Remember when they uh, they tried <laughs> they tried to sorry no, sorry okay. like the fact that they both couldn't knock either one of each. What, what oh, was God. that? What was? <laughs> God, this is so bad. Botchamania right here. This is so bad. You saw that little hop, skip, and a jump Mongo did when Alex Wright sent him into the ropes? He, I feel like he thought it was going to hit him again, and then <laughs> Alex Wright moved out of the way. He, he caught himself and was like, nope, got to hit the rope. Shit. <laughs> Can't take a bump now. But you remember when they tried to turn him into, like, this, like... Oh, God, like, this is really bad. Like, evil German heel, like, bad guy, almost like a James Bond villain when they called him Berlin... And he like shaved his head. No. They, oh god, oh. Google that shit. <laughs> I'll even Google it right now. We'll entertain ourselves. Like the only reason I know who wins this match is because I know what happens after this match. Yeah, you'll be like, "What the fuck?" You'll think this was better than Alex Wright. I, mean, I swear to you, doesn't take much. <laughs> like, oh. This is what they did to him. <laughs> they tried to turn. First him of all, into they like spelled Berlin B E R L Y N. So that's, I guess, the way they tried to spell oh it. Oh yeah. my god, this dude is horrible. Yeah. So they Man, gave him that gimmick for like so three funny. weeks, and it, and the audience hated it. Duh. And then. But did they? Oh god, he almost dropped Mongo with a fucking tombstone there. Not good either. No. God, this match is so bad. Yeah, well, it's almost over. Yeah, I think this is the end right here. Please be the end. I pray this is the end. Like, are we doing a running tombstone right here? Like, what's that? And his foot is under the... There he oh. is. Okay, first of all, the ref... How does the ref not see Goldberg? How does Mongo not see exactly, Goldberg? Exactly, yeah. 
Goldberg's huge, and he just hopped over the rope, and no one heard or saw him? Within plain sight. Oh, my God. First of all, he almost knocked the referee over while yeah. doing this. Okay, first of all, ha- okay, turn around, ref. Like, oh, he, he just, just turned around! He just saw him! Like, well, all right, she's off the apron now. You first of all, you have to... Okay, you definitely just saw him. What is this? He just literally... <laughs> this is so bad. This is the worst, like... That might have been the worst, like, distracted referee I've ever seen in my life. This made Jeno and uh, Ghetto and Jericho a five-star match right here. Okay, I won't go that far, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a four-star. Okay, then Deborah basically... Oh, did she just pay him? She gave him his Super Bowl ring. Oh, that's right! He wanted the ring, didn't he? This is before... This is before Goldberg really became Goldberg. Oh, right? yeah. No, this is before they did that. This is before they really embellished the whole win streak. Like, they tried to make Goldberg a bad guy. And, like, the people just weren't really into it because... because Basically, he, I was... He, re- he wrestled like a fucking superhero. Oh, see? <laughs> Alex Ray was like, yo, man, I actually have a friend now, I think. Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> oh, man. They tried to give um, Goldberg the rug, the rub by working with Mongo and, and tying, like, the whole football aspect into it. Because they did acknowledge that Goldberg was once a pro football player for the Atlanta Falcons. Jesus Christ, but Mongo, move the fuck out of the way. <laughs> okay, so basically, Deborah had Alex Wright tire <laughs> Mongo out for a little bit. And then the actual guy that she was... Goldberg picked up the bones and yeah. pretty much took his Super Again, Bowl ring. Kind of like the human trafficking thing. Mongo got his Super Bowl ring back, just so everyone knows. Like, yeah. Goldberg didn't actually keep it. No. That'd be funny if he did. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Okay, so this is how the match should... This is how every shitty match should end. With both dumbasses, like, basically passed out. <laughs> Dude. Damn okay, it. he definitely touched the ref. The ref, the ref turns there. Look at yeah, that. Oh, my God. Sees. Clear like, as oh, wait, day. Not to look. Clear as day, he sees not him. Not supposed to look. And first of all, you hear him. I'm assuming Goldberg's not a quiet wrestler. No, no, no. Look, I saw him again. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> For this real. is so bad. The communication is terrible. Even Deborah gets back on the apron to try and like save face here to give Robinson a reason not to turn around and look. Oh, here I am. One, two, three. Come on. This is fucking awful. Brutal. This is so bad. What's next? Hopefully something better. It's not. It's not who's next. Like Goldberg says, it's oh, what's, yeah, next. what's next. What's next? Let's oh, find it. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it's right, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'm thinking about bringing about 22, 25 girls back to the locker room. What do you think about that? Uh-huh. Oh, you, yeah. you watch me fuck them all, cause you won't let me fuck you anymore. You know, uh-huh. that's right. Yeah, no, you won't let me fuck you anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Deborah with an NWO shirt. Uh, sorry, not Deborah. Miss Elizabeth with an NWO shirt. I'm like, doesn't I mean that's not how I remember. Her. No, but she looked hotter like as the years went on. Like when she was in yeah. WCW, she looked more innocent in WWF. But then in WCW, snap she, into yeah, it. snap into it. Uh huh. I gotta show the Slim Jim because they're paying me a lot of money. That's right. Uh huh. <laughs> Thinking maybe, uh, you know, after we get done, uh, after I beat up DDP, uh, you snap in a my Slim Jim, uh, huh? <laughs> She's like, no. She's like, no, no, you don't want to do that, all right? You know, I'll, you know what, I'm going to ask you again later, and you still might say no, but I'm going to keep trying. 
Because I'm still not over you. I'm still not over it. I know you fucked Hogan. Uh huh. I know you did. She's like, I did it. No, I did it. No. Oh, yeah, you did. <coughs> I'm dying over here. Oh, I know you fucked Hogan. I know Linda watched, too. That's right. Well, I was wrestling Andre the Giant. You were fucking wrestling Hogan's giant cock, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm making this money while you're making a fool out of yourself. What were you thinking? <laughs> Look at that smirk on your face, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. You better console me later. How about a blowjob, yeah. Blowjob, yeah, let's go. Right this <laughs> way, uh-huh. Yep, right on the balls, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, man. The next match... That was fantastic. <laughs> the next match here is the intergender match oh, that we were God. talking about earlier. We're going to have to fill this one, too. <laughs> yeah, let's fill nine minutes and 39 seconds. Nine minutes it. and 39 seconds? Yeah, and it's, this yeah. match got longer than Jericho and Keto? Or Jetto yeah. or Jetto, whatever the fuck his name, Jedi Knight. I don't know, yeah. Dude, this is so bad. First of all, we go from one dancing buffoon and now it's right to freaking Disco Inferno. I know. It's fucking WCW's, in, WCW's in, uh, version of the Honky Tonk Man, basically. I always want. I always thought they should have tagged him with Honky Tonk Man, made like Honky his manager, you know, like be like his protege, you know, or, or even a tag team. Um, the fuck would their tag team be named? I don't know. Honky Inferno. Boogie Honkies. <laughs> Honky Knights. <laughs> Disco Inferno. Disco Honk? I don't know. Disco First Jackie. Girl First Girl. Stevie Richards. Yeah. Sign of the Night. Like, who thought this was a good gimmick? I don't know, but I'll tell you this much, though. Disco got fucking fired after this match. Because he didn't want to do the job to uh, to Jackie. Well, first of all, I understand where he's coming yeah. from on that. <laughs> Dude, just like, yeah, you're going to lose to a girl, and you have a belt. Just so you know. So, yeah. is this for the belt? Uh, it, I don't believe so. But he got fired after. I think afterwards he like made a big stink about it, and they were like, you know what, we're done with you. And he, dude, there had to be something going on before that. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I first really... of all, I don't even remember Jackie in WCW. She, um, you know who she was with for a little while? Kevin Sullivan. She was Kevin Sullivan's manager, and then she. Then they put her with Harlem Heat because, you know, you got to... Put black people with black people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because apparently... Way to go you know, about it, I guess. Yeah. What is that? Because let's just racial stereotype. Dude, her like, hair looks faker than anything. Oh, yeah. She's got a fucking sweet mullet right there. Or is that a perm or a weave? I don't know. But, um... Yeah, they wanted... They, they did this storyline there. They wanted to, like have her you know be like i don't know if this this was her wrestling disco was like an attempt to like try to build a women's division because they surprisingly enough earlier in this year they had a wcw women's championship that was held by akira hokuto who was managed by sunny ono and Shocker. She, she wrestled i know right stick an asian person yep. with an asian person what's with the racial stereotyping on this show WCW. i swear um, no wonder why Sonny Ono sued them for uh, racial discrimination. <laughs> can, um, I, can I manage a white person? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. Let me be in the NWO. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so I felt like, this. in hindsight, this was their attempt to try and build the women's division by having her beat a dude. But 
like, if you're Disco, do you even want to make fight this match? Like, what is going on? Like, how much of their how much of a backstory did there need to be for Disco to be like, yeah, I'll hit a woman? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. And by the way, Alex Wright's my first opponent in the video game. Disco's my second. And ironically enough, they were a, a comedy heel tag team for a little while in WCW. Obviously, like, these guys were so bad that they were the guys they knocked the cobwebs out with. So, but um, Disco was annoying as fuck. But you know, so he, annoying. But he, you know, he got he got people into. Okay, now I get him. why this match is nine minutes long. Because yeah, they're gonna have to do a lot of stalling. Now, shake your booty. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to wear shorts I say that one day. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Going to get some weird looks from people, but whatever. Do it. Wear them in service day. I just can't wear them when the kids are there. No, God, no. Oh, my God. Can the flock just, like, come in now? Because this is really bad. Yeah, let, yeah. That, that This would be a good time as any to have Raven just drop Disco and then end the match. Um... Yeah, I really don't know what the logic was behind doing if this. You could see, if you match. could pick any intergender match to watch right now with the current landscape, I'm assuming it would be Becky. No. No. I liked what Nia Jax did at the Royal Rumble. Okay. When Where has she been? She was hurt. She still is, I think. But yeah, I liked what they did with her in that Rumble match when she uh she was she took everyone's finisher at the end. Yeah, um, that's kind of cool. And then the stuff she was doing with Ambrose, Moxley, whatever you want to call him, um, on TV, it looked like they were kind of leading to a intergender match. Yep. It's really hard because people get offended so easily in wrestling today yeah, or just in general in life. It's, it's unfortunately the society we live in. We live in a very hypersensitive society yep. where just about anything you see, you hear, you read, it's just someone will take offense to it. So um, I know intergender wrestling has been very popular on the independent level. Okay. Um, Joey Ryan uh, mm-hmm. has made a living on the independent level, not only marketing his dick, Literally, but also um, being involved in intergender wrestling. Um, Impact Wrestling has used uh, intergender matches in their storylines. Recently, Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan main evented a pay-per-view. Tully Blanchard's daughter. You ever seen her? I have. Dude, she's she's a stud in the ring. Like, when that day comes, like, whoever, you know, whether she goes to AEW or WWE... She's gonna be the she's gonna be the top in the in the women's division. Really, but she wrestled an intergender match with uh, Sammy Callahan, and Sammy's like a heels heel. Like he doesn't care who he offends. So he was kicking, he was punching, he was body. This slamming is the her. worst match I've ever seen in my life. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's like just, this is that's so why I'm bad. Over it. Like this is <laughs> so bad. They're literally there hasn't been a single move yet. That was the first move right there. Here's a second sunset flip. Is that the match? Because that'd be great. Oh, I wish it was. All right, drop toe hold by Disco. He, See, I look, feel like he, he felt bad. Yeah, and she just tried to put her tit back in her in her in her in her gear. God, this is fucking awful. Oh god, yeah. Like I thought we had the worst match already on the card, and then I thought we had the worst match again on the card already. <laughs> and now we're at the worst match on the card. Oh, this is so bad. And they give him nine and a half minutes? Yep. With nine and a half minutes of a lot of stalling. Oh, my God. 
Who thought that was a good idea? Who thought this was a good idea? First of all, who did Disco Inferno beat to get a title? Who did Disco Inferno piss off to be put in this match? That's what I'd like to know. Jesus Christ. He, he has a title. That's sad. When he always has a bad champions throughout history, but the fact that Disco Inferno held a belt at any point of his career... Yeah, that's... Nope. He feels bad every time he touches her. Yeah, because he knows if he fucking clotheslines her or hits her or does anything, people are going to fucking get all worked up over this it. This is the worst match I've ever seen in my life. Well, you know, I don't even think it's close, actually. Does he not see her? It's the one person you have to look out for in this match. Yeah, well, like, what he's like his, lapped the ring three times. She hasn't end, even... Yeah, what was his endgame in this thing? Like, by running this much. From what I remember hearing stories, I think he was legit nervous as to how um, he... Uh, how hard he hit her. Like, how he was going to approach this match. This is so bad. Just pin him, please. Just pin him. See, now she's she's laying it in. Keenan's probably going nuts right now. No, stop this. Oh my god. Guys, if you rewind if you fast forward through this match, we understand. Yeah, we won't be offended if you <laughs> decide you want to fast forward through this. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out. See ya. I'm gonna go just go through the night. And here comes Jacqueline. Boom! Jesus. Should have hit him into the grave, so. Nope, I'm running back to the... He's just basically running away. This whole match has been him. What did they expect? Like, what were they trying to accomplish here? How are the fans still going nuts, like... This would have been the best use of a bathroom break ever at a paper. Are you kidding me? I could have bought a t-shirt, had a hot dog, and taken a shit. It would have been I would have been back in time for the you next one. Would have had a better time. Yeah. Wow. This is the taking a shit in oh my god. Like this match is a shit. <laughs> Did she expect to like knock him over? No offense. So like I'm not trying to like stereotype women or anything. Oh my oh, nope. Oh my god. You are so bad. I thought she'd about to give him a stunner. I would say. Please, can we just end this shit already? Ooh, oh my goodness. He totally just took her tit out. Yeah. She's been known to pop out of her top a few times. Oh, and... Okay, you totally can get out of this, dude. Yeah. And you've totally already had your... Your masculinity questioned before that spot. Now, yeah. <laughs> you gotta throw more salt in the wound. Like Jesus. Yeah. Who the hell did he piss off to get into this match? Pissed off somebody enough to fucking. Makes sense that they fired him yeah. afterwards because they were probably like, Haha, "This is what we're gonna do to you, and we're gonna keep doing it to you." Actually, you know what? Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> Come 
Can we end this match, please? I almost feel like fucking skipping over to the next one, to be quite honest with you. It has to be over soon. Yeah, have we reached the 9 minutes and 39 seconds left? Again, and like, if I was Jericho and Ghetto or whatever the hell his name is, I'd be pissed that they got 3 minutes more than they did. Yeah, for real. Like, I'd be geez. pissed if I was Mongo and Alex Wright. <laughs> well, I'd be pissed if I was them just for in general, but yeah. yeah. Nice DDT. Please end be it. the end. End it. End it. Please be the end. Come on. He's still stirring. Oh, she's got more. She's got more left in the tank. That god awful mullet. She's rocking. Dude, it, like this has to be the end. Please be... Oh, wait a minute. Jesus. Alright, come on. End it. One, two, three. Thank fucking God! This is the worst one. Oh my goodness! I know it was only nine minutes and 35 seconds or whatever it was, but I feel like I just lost an hour of my life that I'll never get back. <laughs> Good God, that match was horrendous. Yeah, dude, you lost. You're terrible. You won, and you're still terrible. Oh, man. I promise we won't be that negative on the next match. I don't know who it is, but we're not going to be that. We cannot be that negative. No. The next match, um, I think, actually is... Uh, hopefully, we'll make up for it. Um, oh. This nine minutes and thirty nine seconds that I've wasted. Yes, yeah, skip of, over of, this of, match, of guys. All your time, and I apologize. Please. Watch the Ray Mysterio match again if you want. Like, yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, you lost. You're not good. What comes after this? Okay, so the next four matches are pretty solid here. The next match um, is uh, for the United States Heavyweight Championship: Kurt Henning and Ric Flair. Jeez. Kind of talked about it uh, earlier. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Not-So-Perfect. Nah, will always be perfect. Yeah, oh yeah. No, for sure. Oh, that's a referee. So if you notice here, when he comes out, he's not carrying the belt the right way because the United States title, he must have lost it. That's the cruiserweight title he's holding. That's hilarious. Yeah. Also hilarious, that dude's head. Like when Ric Flair, remember when Flair came over to WWF with the WCW belt, yep. the big gold, and then remember when they had to digitize it? See, he's like, just like quickly like throwing the belt up there. Like, and Wait, so they forget it in his hotel room? Like, <laughs> I don't know if he forgot it or if like he left it at home or they lost it or whatever, but a story I heard was is that they couldn't find the belt and so they had to call an audible. Um, That's so funny. But yeah, when Flair had the, 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 the big gold and they did the storyline where like WWF had to like digitize it on screen so they like couldn't show it, Flair was actually holding up a tag team belt. That's funny. Yeah. But on TV, you didn't notice it because they, they covered it up. Flair. Young Flair running down. Oh, okay. You know, that's what I'm getting at at some point, Henning. Did, uh, was Flair mad because Henning stole his, like, 
robe. Yeah, and it, this was this was the storyline where Flair, for the longest time, was pursuing Henning to be a member of the Horsemen. Henning wasn't really sure. Then fucking Arn Anderson gave Henning his spot because Arn Anderson had to retire, and it was a very emotional um, retirement from Arn Anderson live on a Nitro. Henning became the fourth horseman with Benoit and Mongo and Flair, and then they went into that war game against the NWO, and then Henning turned on Flair in the middle of the match and uh, joined the NWO, and it was a big swerve all along. Like he ties the robe back up to leave. <laughs> he tied it back up like he was leaving. Yeah. Jesus. Rick Flair. Yeah, this was the period in time where Flair, um, like I said, his character on TV disbanded the Horsemen because he needed to take care of this business with Kurt Henning and the NWO, which didn't make a lot of sense to me because, like, why wouldn't why would you turn your back on your crew? Your crew needs you, and you need your crew. You can't fight the NWO by yourself, you know? Yeah, just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But no, not at all. Did the referee just fall? I think he did. I think the referee did trip over his own two feet. That's that's crazy. Going for a chair. Oh, almost a disqualification. But who knows? Maybe the referee wouldn't have. Uh, yeah, maybe he was. Maybe yeah, it's back turn. Would have let the DQ fly. Is Henning ever going to take the robe off? Because this is impressive, actually. I think at some point. There we go. Some tight, at least. Let's put it that way. One of my favorite flare robes that they fucking destroyed. I don't know why they did that. Just to be assholes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Flair's got a... Flair puts the robe on. Puts it back on. With the, with the sleeves cut off. Talk about a guy who's uh, got more lives than a cat. Ric Flair. Yeah. All the health issues he's had recently. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, I know we discussed this before starting taping this. The amount of deceased people on this card. All right, let's take a look. Pretty sad. I mean, we already got, just think about the combinators. Bobby Brain Heenan and uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, gone. Mean uh, Gene. Mean Gene, gone. Eddie Guerrero, no longer with us. Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning, no longer with us. Roddy Piper, Macho Roddy Man. Piper, Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth, no longer with us. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's WrestleMania 5 or WrestleMania 6, but one of those WrestleManias is regarded as, like, wrestlers, like, the, the most wrestlers that have died have ever been on that card or something like that. Six or seven. I'll have to look it up. I mean, this had... I'm going to look that I mean, shit up right now. Just now that you just wrestlers. brought that up. But yeah, this is a... Uh... Jeez. Alright, let me look that shit up right now. WrestleMania 6. And are any of the people in the, on this card still wrestling besides Ray? Um, still Jer- wrestling. Jericho. Oh, Jericho. Okay. Um... Disco does the indie scene, and he's worked for Impact Wrestling recently. That's sad. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's all yeah. I can think of. 
All right. So here on this WrestleMania six card, um, Andre the Giant, Earthquake, Hercules, Mr. Perfect, Bad News Brown, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Nikolai Volkov, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Dusty Rhodes, Sapphire, Miss Elizabeth, Sensational Sherry, Macho Man Randy Savage, Mr. Fuji, oh Dino Bravo, Earthquake, Big Boss Man, Ravishing Rick Rude, Jimmy Snuka, Ultimate Warrior. Wow. All passed away, no longer, no longer here with us. Damn. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, WrestleMania 7 has just as many, if not more. Let's take a look. Let's do a body count. Um, Bobby Heenan, Texas Tornado, Dino Bravo, the British Bulldog, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Jimmy Snuka, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, Sensational Sherry, Crush from Demolition, Mr. Fuji, Big Boss Man, Mr. Perfect, Bobby Heenan, Earthquake, Road Warrior Hawk, Hercules, Rowdy Piper, yeah. Wow. I think WrestleMania 6 got the most. Yeah. I mean, just seeing Kurt Henning and Piper and Macho Man, like, those are three of the best. Oh, yeah. Like, jeez. I've always they, wondered why they didn't go with, like, certain rivalries in certain different time periods, like, in the WWF when, like, Macho Man was red hot as a good guy. Why didn't he have a rivalry with someone like a Mr. Perfect, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm all about the woulda, coulda, shouldas and the what ifs. Oh, yeah. And that's one that I feel like could have been done really Huge. well. I know that, like, Perfect was paired up with Flair in, like, a manager's role and kind of had something going on with Savage in 92, but I'm talking, like, the height of Mr. Perfect, like, when he was, you know, a, a, a strong heel um, in 19. Was he ever uh yeah he had a small bit mr perfect mr perfect babyface run was about as believable as as fuck i don't know but it wasn't it 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 didn't i didn't really care for it because mr perfect didn't seem like he didn't like it yeah he he didn't seem like someone you could like you could relate to you know like he was cocky he was always he was still mr perfect even when he was a good guy he did a little small run in like ni- late 92, early 93 as a babyface paired up against like Ric Flair, Heenan, Bobby Heenan, uh, Lex Luger at one time. The Lex Express. Yeah, the Lex Express. He's later on the card. Yeah, he's him and, uh, him and Scott Hall. Um, when Larry Zabisco is the guest referee. Jeez. Smacking him around. Paint brushing nature boy. Zabisco is still with us, right? Yep. Sorry, Larry. I didn't mean to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I, know you're, I know you're listening. Yeah, he's still around, still ticking. Good for him. WWE Hall of Famer. His speech put me. <laughs> Everyone's a Hall of Famer, like yeah, I said earlier. It's, it's a lifetime achievement award. It's an appreciation. It's, it's a. It's a. Yeah, it's a lifetime. Or achievement Kirk award. Boogeyman's going next year. Oh god! It's a joke. <laughs> Fucking. If that actually happens, guys, you heard it here first. Just so you know. Did you watch the uh, NXT TakeOver from Toronto? Yeah, yeah, SummerSlam weekend. I mean, I didn't see all of it, but I saw it. Did you see when uh, the uh, Velveteen Dream did the uh, the Mountie with the entrance? No. Yeah, he played the Mounties music. 
and then That's they had a great. bunch of girls come out dressed up you know like like mounties but then they ripped the, the clothes off and did the uh the like some sort of dance like you know with the toronto raptors incorporated into the right. into the mix yeah the mounties probably going in the hall of fame i could see that happening yeah, the only match I uh, really watched from that was uh, Cole and Gargano. Which... Understandably so. It was good, but it wasn't... It wasn't their best. It wasn't their best, no. It wasn't. I felt Where like... Where does Gargano go? Does Gargano get called up? I mean, damn, I feel like we're... We gotta, we gotta start talking about this in these in the bad matches. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a good match not to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Um, Kurt Henning here. How long is this match? I mean, Jacqueline and Disco got 9.30, so this match, this hopefully. Is, I believe this match goes... Let me look at the timestamp here. This match goes... A whopping... 13 minutes and 57 seconds. Wow. So... And rightfully so. It, oh, was, yeah. a, it was a personal rivalry that needed to get some time on this card. Really bad camera work right there. Not one tag team match on this show. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Not one. Not a one. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. He was going for the fences there. I mean, who were the tag teams in WCW at this time? Um, Steiners, Harlem Heat, Damn, Outsiders. They, they couldn't get a single match? I know, right? Any any combination of two guys in the NWO you wanted to throw together? Buff, Scott Norton. Buff and Scott Norton, yeah. Scott Norton. I low-key was a big Scott Norton fan. I liked how f- he just resembled like a tough guy. Like, yeah. I, I, I thought he was he was good. He was like a... He's like that like perfect like necessary guy for a faction. Yep. That like doesn't do anything by himself and never no. will. But he was always needed in a faction. Yep. I met him once. He was a nice guy. I guess that was that. the ugliest slingshot I'd ever saw. Yeah. I mean, how old? How old's Flair at this point? <sighs> Christ, he's almost. Uh, he just turned seventy recently. So this so was, was twenty two yeah. years ago. So he was. Over forties minimum. He's forty eight. Yeah. He didn't even hit fifty yet. I mean, he's in great shape. And he's still, yeah, think about it. He still wrestled, like, actually competitively for, what, another seven years? Yeah. Eight years? Yeah, longer, yeah. Because he, he had His a f- match with uh, Taker was what? Oh. Two. The, no, sorry. His match is a match with uh, HBK. Oh, wait. Are, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, the, so, the, 11 years after The this. retirement match at WrestleMania. Okay. That he should have fucking stayed retired. Instead of going to TNA to wrestle fucking Jay Lethal. Oh my god. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, he, ne- he needed money, clearly. So lost that sense, I'm guaranteeing. Yeah, don't show the title. He's what? everywhere, though. He's Where all, are you going? Yeah, he's all over the convention circuit, all the comic cons oh. he goes to, Flair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus his deal with WWE. I mean, I'm sure he's... He'll be at the uh, SmackDown thing, I I'm sure he will, yeah. I'm sure he will. I don't see why not. He was at the Raw reunion. All he did was came out and wooed, and then... I mean, what else do you expect from yeah, him at this point? Yeah. Can't, do a, can't do an angle with his daughter, because they did that, and then they basically 
killed him off from her life. <laughs> I think they way. needed to, though, because, like, you, you closely associate her with him. Like, it's just going to be a black mark on her, even though she's already got a well, few that's why. That's why her. she's not Charlotte Flair anymore. She's just Charlotte. Yeah. Where did they go back to that? I think they went back to Flair. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Everyone yeah. fucking knows. Like I said to you in text message the other day, Charlotte might look good, but I still see Rick's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everything. Like, I just see Rick's face. I wonder if Andre, Andrade thinks the same thing. Yeah, we'll have to ho- ho- Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's into that kind of stuff. <laughs> weird, weird twist on the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> He makes her put the robe on. <laughs> they watch matches, old matches of flares before they get it on. <laughs> they're watching this right now. Yeah, they're probably watching this one right now. Was that supposed to be on the title? Because it wasn't. Yeah. The not-so-US title that they couldn't find. That's so funny. Imagine if that happened nowadays. Um, they probably have, like, six backups. Oh, yeah. They, from what I understand, like, it's... Oh, a lot of those guys don't travel with the belts because number one, it's a bitch you gotta check in like security, like you know through TSA, but also like because it's the company's not you know they they can't rely on guys in the event that like they lose their bags or something. I wonder you know? if it was because of this instance. I wonder if this was like one of the last. What was he doing? Did you ever hear the story that uh, uh, someone broke into the Million Dollar Man's rental car and stole his Million Dollar Title once? Did you call it match? Yeah, now I called it, finally. Oh. Oh. See you, ref. Nails the ref. Okay, so was Henning in the w- in NWO at this point? Yeah, he was already in the NWO. So, do NWO members come out right now? No, uh, just, no, just refs. Benjamin Button and the rest of the referee crew. Neil Patrick? <laughs> Nick Patrick. And Neil Patrick, Nick Patrick, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Kenny Powers? <laughs> oh, yep. Verge, Verge and Virgin. Conan. This is so bad. Yeah. The bottom of the barrel, right there. They're like, yo, who's not doing anything in the NWO? Run out there real quick. Yeah. Virgil. Is Conan wearing fucking Tiva sandals with black socks? Probably. That's very Conan of him to do that. Jesus. Yeah, good job holding Rick Floyd back, guys. Like, hey, by the way, he's gonna come at us one more time. I like how he talks to the camera as they're as they're walking up the entryway. You five fucking referees can't hold him back. Oh yeah, huh? Just got done with my blowjob. Now I'm it's time to do an interview, huh? I told her I didn't keep asking, and she said yes. Finally. <laughs> Oh, this man. was like pre, like this stuff here. This was pre-taped. <coughs> Excuse me. This was Ooh, pre. Those guys, this was pre. Uh, Mark Madden to the left, and I don't know who the other schlep is on the right, but. Um, this was pre-podcasting, like they would do like this this WCW internet kind of um, like interviews and commentary in between the pay-per-view matches. Um, so if you didn't watch the pay-per-view or if you did and you wanted to log on to the internet at the same time and hear that sort of stuff, they had that going on. J.J. Dillon. Is this as good a time as any to take a piss break? Yeah. Mean Gene and James J. Dillon. 
This is, I think this is the segment here where JJ announces that Sting will not be banned from the ringside area and will not be banned from the building. Um, and that the NWO must produce Hogan for the main event against Piper later on that evening. Jeez. Mean Gene Okerlin. Surprised he's not shilling the hotline right about now. I love the background of Havoc. Yeah, the production quality, the sets used to be, uh, I used to, like, when they used to set up the fake beach with, like, the sand and stuff for Bash at the Beach, like, that shit was fucking cool. Absolutely. You better be out for that match. Pretty much, eh? He's pretty much telling them, hey, this match will happen. We will make our fans sit through Age in the Cage. <laughs> and you all will like Jesus. it. He is very excited. Yeah, he is getting himself all worked up. And here comes Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, not a fan of J.J. Dillon, if you listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he is not a fan of J.J. Dillon. J.J. Um, and him did not get along during their time together in WCW. J.J. actually was once a senior member of WWF management a couple of years prior to this. And they were downsizing and they were making some cost-cutting measures and they cut his pay. And he had two... JJ's got two kill two children with disabilities, um, with wow. special needs, and so um, he needed he needed a, a an income to be able to sustain all of that, and uh, so he left the WWF and he went to WCW. And um, there was one story I heard Bischoff tell about how uh, JJ was. Um, was willing to give up all of the secrets that management um, that he knew about WWF management to Bischoff regarding guys' salaries and guys' pay and things like that. <clears throat> now Bischoff brought him in because he needed Bischoff needed someone that knew the guys that knew the talent that could, you know, I don't know what exactly his role was in WCW at the time. I think he was like a member of like talent relations, and I don't know if he, I don't think he dealt with contracts, but they hired him for like the TV role as well as stuff behind the scenes. And um, there were a lot of things behind the scenes that he disagreed with Bischoff, and the two of them just kind of had it out and on a number of occasions. Um, Larry's a biscuit. Yep. I always like Sabisco in commentary. I felt like when they have a former wrestler in commentary, it kind of adds a more realistic factor to the the presentation because it's like it's like the old football or baseball player doing the the color and the play by play. And this is Luger versus Hall. Yeah, with Sabisco as the referee because they're what they're really what they're really pitching to is eventually Sabisco and Hall, um, which way they they would do. In 98, in early 98, but they were starting it here with Zabisco as the referee and a part of that that match. Hey, yo. 
Scott Hall. With the one, two, three kid. X-Pac, six. He was six then, right? Yes, he was six during this, during this run. He, um... He would end up hurting his neck in this match six, getting involved, and this would be one of the last appearances of his time in WCW before he eventually went back to the WWF and became X-Pac as a part of DX. That was a nice debut, too. I like that. Debut. Yes. Yes, that was. Uh, you kind of saw it coming, but... Night, yeah, the night that all the DX came into focus, basically... Yeah, Shawn Michaels left. They needed to rebuild DX, and he was a good way to, 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 to start that process by introducing him. Just the, the hype man. Yeah. Skinny, uh, always energetic guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a ball of energy. Damn good wrestler too. Yeah. Sold out crowd. Oh yeah, really into it. Luger. What did you think of Lex Luger? I was always a Lex fan. I thought that he was. I mean, he was. I don't think he was ever as talented as they portrayed. Correct. Like. I would have to agree with you. Like they always like made him out to be like the man when he. Probably shouldn't have been the man. No, you're exactly right. He was. I liked him just because, like, I liked his gimmick with the whole like American shit and WWF. See, I liked it, but I didn't like it because I felt like it was too soon when they brought him in to like kind of like replace Hogan. Like, yeah, that's where I was like thrown off by it. But when he, he went back to WCW, as a fan, I, I felt that fit better, you know? Yeah. I liked his early stuff, like, when he was a part of the Horsemen, mm-hmm. and then when the Horsemen turned on him and he was wrestling Flair for the title, that was good stuff. Um, and then even this stuff in the NWO here. Uh, when he was against the NWO. I did not like it when he joined the NWO. I was about to say, at that point, everyone was joining the NWO. Like, it was like, when they split overkill. So, like, I didn't mind the fact that, like, they split the, like, the NWO and they did the black and white and the red and black. I didn't, I didn't mind that because I thought, you know what, all right, it's a natural progression. Like, the, the, which one was he in? He was in the black and red. And I thought, like, he was so WCW to me. I was like, it just didn't make sense. Why would he need to join I mean, the Wolfpack? Dude, Sting also went into that. And that's a, that's another one too. Like, Sting fought so hard to dismantle the NWO. Yeah. For so long, and then all of a sudden, only for him to uh-huh. join them later. I just didn't. I, I didn't care for it. I just thought it was like too much. Yeah, dude. Everyone was in the NWO. <clears throat> Like, the split, I didn't mind, and, you know, if they split up, you know, different, you know, because it was, like, Nash and Conan, and Hall was a part of it, but then he went back to the black and white. 
Yeah. And then when they added Luger and Sting, and then there was one week they were going to offer DDP a spot, and I was like, Jesus Christ, everyone's going to be in this fucking group? Like, come on. Seriously. Like I said, Luger was so WCW to me that it just didn't make sense that he joined. Same thing with Sting. But... No, I completely agree with you on that. If there's ever a Luger match, you should go back and watch from this era. You go back and watch... Um, it's on the 100th episode of Monday Nitro, August 4th, 1997, where he beat Hogan for the title on Nitro, which was like a rarity back then. And the the, the place exploded when he fucking made Hogan tap out to the torture rack. Torture. Yeah. Easily, as much as I don't like Luger, the torture rack was a great move. I love the torture rack. It, yeah. it, it, it looked, it, thinking about it now, it definitely would not be a finisher nowadays. But back then, oh yeah, people got into it when, especially when he would pick up like the bigger guys. Oh yeah, you know when he would get the bigger guys into it, and and the the buildup of of can he lift this guy up? Can he put the giant in the torture rack at one point? You know what I mean? That's when people would really get into it with him. Is the giant even in WCW at this point he's still in there he's just not on this card I don't know what happened I don't know if he was hurt or if they just didn't decide not to use him they had so many guys on their roster at the time kind of yeah. like what WWE has now yep 300 people on the roster you try and get everybody on the show <laughs> what happened to his uh, scrunchie got the hair down now and Scott Hall here always felt like another guy that like should have been the world champion. He was good wrestling. Yeah. And he was, like I said about Guerrero, like Eddie, he was a great heel. Yep. Like, absolute great heel. From the moment he stepped into it to now. <laughs> yeah. Like. I was just recently watching, like, some of the old episodes of Superstars. Um uh-huh. And his debut was on one of those episodes. And man. His debut of? Razor Ramon. Yes. On, on WWF. And man, I'll tell you. Like he beat, first of all, the guy he wrestled is Carmella's father. His name was Paul Van Dale. Really? Yeah. Second of all, he fucking mopped the floor with this guy. And this guy made hit Razor Ramon look like a million bucks. And he just looked very credible, like right from the get-go. Like I could see why. He had such a great run as Razor Ramon in the WWF. They, 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 they really built him up nicely, and then that's I think also why it was so impactful when he came over to WCW as part of the Outsiders because he did have a lengthy, sustainable, significant run as Razor Ramon in the WWF. If he did nothing in WWF and then yeah, came over, this guy? Yeah. they would have been like, well, "What? What the fuck is this guy?" He was, you know, jobbing the so and so. Fir- and when he first came over to WCW. He, it was just him, and then Nash came in like two weeks later. Yeah. Obviously, but yeah, like, they spread it out. But yeah, they're like, "Oh, we're coming. You want a war? We'll give you the war." And like, yeah, yeah. I it mean, really helped revive WCW because they were in a bad God, place. To this day, the only thing I time. ever would change is fucking who was it when Hogan came out. 
And they're like, and the guy was like, but what side is he on? Like, if he, if they didn't oh, say, it was, a, it was a turn. Yeah, if they didn't say say that line, Bobby Heenan blew it. Yeah. Oh my god! But like, what side is he on? Like, come on, dude! Like, just take that one line out, and yeah. that whole thing is that much better. Not not saying that it's not like still to this it was day still shocking. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Ever. Kind of foreshadowed oh it with that God. line, yeah. But here's, but here, let me try to rationalize it for you for a minute here, okay? All throughout the the career of the Bobby Heenan character, he hated Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He he had wrestlers, countless wrestlers, try to take Hulk Hogan out. Andre the Giant, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, Mister Wonderful. The list goes on and on. And finally, he um. So they both go over to WCW. Still, he kept with the character. He kept the continuity there. Like he, he, yeah. He still hated Hogan. So even when Hogan comes out to save WCW, even though Heenan's a WCW guy, he still hates Hogan. That's why I feel like even as much as it ruins that moment, or at least puts a tarnishes it, it still makes sense because he still hates Hogan. Yeah. And then if you go even further. As Hogan was becoming a heel and really running with this NWO storyline, Heenan still hated Hogan. Like, Heenan was like, Heenan had no problem with the rest of the NWO, but he hated Hogan. Yeah. So it was like, he kept with the character's hatred towards Hulk Hogan, and I think it worked really well. That's right. Um, So, like, as much as, like you said, it... It doesn't ruin it, but it puts a like a, a tiny black mark on the moment. Yeah. It makes sense that he would say something like that. Because sure. he fucking couldn't stand Hulk Hogan. And he stuck with it the whole time. Reza Ramon. Hey, yo. Obviously, you know, his uh his 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 issues with with alcohol and drugs prevented him from achieving much more. Um, why don't you just throw him out? I think he just did. Or is he just talking shit to him? Obviously, his uh, achievements he, he, he caused him. Excuse me, yawning here caused him to not achieve more success yeah. in wrestling. Like I said, I always felt like Scott Hall could have been the world champion and would have been a damn good world champion, but. Yeah. I think he let some of those issues get in the way here. That is the worst fucking count I've ever seen. <laughs> even Hall, even Hall understands. Like, come on, count a little faster. Yeah. Jeez. So basically, six Xbox one two three kid, whatever you want to call, them, went from one group to the next of just friends. Like Pretty and they're much. all and they're all friends. Yeah, it was it was the click split into two different companies, and he got the best of both worlds. He got yeah. the NWO and then he got DX. Obviously, people remember more for DX. Yeah, because I think there was because the thing is the NWO had too many guys. You know, oh, yeah. the NWO had like forty people in it, and like yeah, you remembered him in the group, but he wasn't like. You don't. You just remember him being there. You don't remember him doing anything memorable in the NWO. Whereas you go to DX, he's one of four, five people, and you remember all the crazy shit that he did when he was in DX. You know. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. For 
for sure. If I remember correctly, doesn't isn't there like a restart in this match? Um, quite possibly. I believe the I believe I there's feel a, like Sabisco restarts it. Let me look. I remember. I, this is the third time I watched this match. The first time was when it first aired, and then I feel like I rewatched it. Like this was one of the few pay per views that I watched when the network first came out. Okay. Because I remember, I didn't, obviously I didn't watch all the matches. I did not watch Alex Wright for Smoggle McMichael. <laughs> Why would uh, you? Exactly. <laughs> because I remember, like, I remember I, when the network first came on, like, everything on the internet was, like, best matches to watch on the network now that, like, everything is available. Yeah. And obviously one of them was the Guerrero Mysterio match. And then people, like, you, re- you start getting into other lessons, like, oh, best Hogan WCW matches. Not that it was a very good one, but it was still, like like you said, still Hogan first Piper in a cage. People are going to pay they to see that. They put that on there? I mean, it was very low down the list. I, <laughs> like, I mean, it was probably like a top 100 list of Hogan matches, and that was probably in like the 80s. <laughs> Jesus. If that. I remember, I remember, and it was like certain matches, it was um, like... They told you to watch this pay-per-view for that Cruiserweight match. They also said, like, oh, okay, the Hall versus Luger match was good. The Henning versus Flair match painted a great picture of the rivalry. Yeah. Like, the Mongo McMichael Alex Wright match was a great time to go to the bathroom. And skip over it. <laughs> it still is. I don't know why we Jack didn't do that during Dis- that match. Jacqueline versus Disco Inferno. Very good cat and mouse game. Yeah, we should we should have skipped those two matches right there. It's okay, but we, we still talked. Yeah. People are still going to listen to us. Yeah, we, right, we, we still we still <laughs> prayed that the match was going to end in the in the nine minutes and oh thirty nine seconds that it was. Think about that. That match got four minutes less than this match. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, this match gets thir- thirteen minutes and two seconds. And you said this build up the Sabisco versus Hall. Yeah. Well, see you. Yeah, they're pretty much building up to that. It, they, it, it wouldn't happen till '98, till early '98. But there was um, always tension. Yeah, but there was always issues with them. They two months after this, they did um, Starcade with mm-hmm. Bischoff and Zabisco, which yeah, we see here Bischoff. right now, <clears throat> which is in the short term what they were, what they were getting to. Um, for control of Monday Nitro was what they were yeah. they were fighting for. This might be a dumb question. What's that? Based on our conversation a few minutes ago. Did Zabisco ever join the NWO? No. Okay. He did not. So he's one of the, like, he's one six the, people who never joined. Yeah, he's one of the few, yeah. Him and all the other luchadors that I can't remember. Because all the other luchadors joined the LWO. Oh, God. <laughs> not as good as the BWO, though. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'd take BWO over LWO any day. I mean, the fact that I remember the BWO and have no idea what you're talking about yeah. for LWO, Latino know, right? World Order, I'm assuming. Yes, you are correct. God. Yeah. Zabisco wanted to punch him right there. He had, his, he had his fist cocked back. An atomic drop that didn't touch Scott Hall whatsoever by Lex Luger. And that's no shot at Scott Hall at all, by the way. No, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you wouldn't be running like that. Yeah, what are you selling? Yeah. The bionic forearm right there. Remember when they used to promote Luger at a metal plate in his forearm? Which was legit from a motorcycle accident. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought that was. <clears throat> that was a legit injury. Oh, there's six. Finally getting involved. 
I'm putting two and two together, and I'm probably you're probably gonna tell me yes, I am. Hopefully correct. Six had to be a playoff of the one two three kid since one plus two plus three. Was I six. think it was, and also I think they strategically planned it out that he was the he was revealed to be the sixth member of the NWO. Oh. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of both. One plus two plus three equals six, and then one two three kid. Because it was like it was it was obviously Hall Nash Hogan. That's three. Giant was four. DiBiase was five. And I really think they already start this match. It just ended quotation marks again, guys. But I feel like he like sees the replay or something. I think he does. I think doesn't that like him and Bischoff get into it at the end of the match? I think. Yes. Yeah, but he has an exchange with Six coming up where he, like, does, like, this front face, like, dragon sleeper type maneuver, and it caused an injury in his neck, which would result in him being out for a while, and then eventually WCW would fire Six um, because he was unable to compete and he wasn't active. But, yeah, I believe he sees the replay on the video screen, and then he's like, whoa, the match isn't over yet. Oh, see? Yeah, he says, I want to see the replay. What's prompting you to want to see the replay, Larry? It's not because of your hatred for the NWO, is it? You tell them I want to see the replay, goddammit. Yeah, what's prompting you to see the replay? You just can't believe it that Scott Hall actually won a match? Oh, here it is. Did he hit him there? I don't think he touched him. I don't think he touched him. I don't think he got him at all. He should not have replayed this because he didn't touch it. Not from that angle, at least. This yep. match is not over. I thought, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah, you're right. He's counting Scott Hall out now. And look at Bischoff pouting and bouncing around like a little baby. I feel like this is quick, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he gets into it with him, and then Luger comes up from behind. and Torture Torture rack, and I think that's the end of it. Yeah, say yeah. Right in, push him right into the torture rack. Yeah. He didn't even. He rang the bell before he could even. Oh, there we go. He rang the bell before Hall could even give up. This in Sabisco injures his neck. I believe he does. Yeah, right here. I believe he does. And there's Bischoff. And this pretty much sets up their match at uh, Starcade in two months. Bischoff versus Samisco? Yeah, with Bret Hart as the special guest referee. Because Bret Hart, is Bret Hart there yet? He, no, Bret Hart hadn't signed yet. This was this is before the screw job. Uh oh, because this is October, November was Survivor Series. Yeah, so it was that like a sense. week or two later, I believe, was a screw job. Jeez. Yeah. Great time to be a wrestling fan. But I believe it was around this time when. Bischoff did have a, like, actual karate like background yep okay. yeah he did legit um one two three. he talks about um some of the uh the tournaments that um that uh he was a part of you know that he you know since he started with wwe he's living he's living in connecticut where in connecticut uh he's living in stanford uh, with his wife and their dog but he talks about it a little bit on his podcast he actually it's funny uh, a few weeks ago uh, my wife and I went to um, Mystic for the day mm-hmm. and we went to the aquarium and then you know, we walked around the area and um, 
we get home and I'm on Twitter and uh, Eric, I follow Eric Bischoff on Twitter at E Bischoff. Yeah. And sex um, is not okay. <laughs> Look at the face he's making. Like that, he's like trying to sell it, but he's also really extra. Yeah. And then uh, Bischoff on Twitter posts a picture of him and his wife at some oyster bar in uh, Mystic. Nice. So it would have been kind of funny if my wife and I ran into him. Absolutely. There, but yeah, he talk he talks a lot about like because he he can't he, he used to live in he still has a home there but he used to live in uh, Cody Wyoming out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that sounds pretty. And he was very like remote. into like having that like mountain man kind of life and you know living in the sticks or whatever. And then he comes to Stanford, Connecticut, and he's you know it's just close to the New York area and he's very much yes. now acclimated to city life. This was the World War Three. Yeah, the three ring battle royal with sixty guys. Could never keep track of it. I tried watching one of those pay per views once and it was hard to keep track of it. Yeah. Dude, they've showed this camera angle like twelve times. That's like their go to. Yeah. That's their go to right there with the sink mask. Yeah, he took it off because he was fucking sweating. Did you see his face? He was all red. Yeah. Here we go. I think this is the other half of the double... This is the first half of the double main event. Another match on this card that you could probably say... is it, uh, it's, it definitely comes in second place behind the Cruiserweight title match when it comes to match of the night. Is this the Macho Man match? I believe so. I believe it is Randy Macho Savage and DDP. The, the sudden death lights out match. Um, sudden death Las Vegas lights out match. Something like that. It's kind of like a last man standing match. Sounds like it. Yeah. Just another way it's of... It's uh, me. It's me. It's DDP. God, I hated that version of him. Oh, I fucking hated it. It was catchy, though. That's yeah. I still remember it. Oh, no, we got... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right, though. Yeah, Elizabeth looked good there. Not gonna lie. Yeah, with the little leather booty shorts right there, yeah. Macho Man, Randy Savage, DDP. Had a good rivalry. Yeah. In '97. Gotta go. Gotta watch their first two matches before this one. This isn't their best outing, but it's damn good. But the match they had at Spring Stampede '97, which we did a watch party of earlier this year in the archives, you can find that. Um, that was the night that DDP won. So this is the rubber match, pretty much. Um. Both guys each have a victory over one another. Now we're going into the third match here in this series. Yeah, guy puts the mask back, back on. Yeah, yeah. that guy with the mask. And if, that, you're listening, I'm, if you're listening, I apologize for yeah. making fun of you. His Reebok nightgown he had. Page. The diamond cutter. Think about it for a minute here, like when it comes to him what kind of a career he's had and how fascinating it is. Like wrestling or in wrestling, wrestling included. Like, I mean, he goes from, he goes from getting into the business really late and just being like a commentator and a manager. And then eventually at like 35, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think you're right on the age. I'm 36. And you know, he, he, he begins training to be a wrestler and he works so damn hard and, he 
he eventually makes it and becomes a, a, a big deal and a big name for himself. And then, um, you know, yeah. he parlays that into um, post-wrestling with the yoga. DBP yoga. And, like, his, like, I know a lot of people would argue that he didn't deserve to go into the Hall of Fame because he didn't, first of all, do much in WWE. But, like, his his career is Hall of Fame. It's a Hall of Fame story, you know? You start out wrestling at 35 years old, and you you you, you make it, you know? And you, yeah. be, you become a big deal. Like, some will argue that DDP was probably the most popular, aside from Sting, was the most popular wrestler on the WCW side. Like, that, when he hit yeah. that diamond cutter, man, everybody went fucking crazy, you know? Basically an RKO, RKO now. Yeah. Which, you think about that for a minute there, like... There's the, the the diamond cutter like you can you can put it on in various different ways. The RKO is like it comes out of nowhere. You like never see it coming. You know the, that's where like the two differences are. But like yeah. you know everyone has taken everyone's moves at one point. Ric Flair, fuck, he was the you know the, he stole the figure four from Buddy Rogers, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. He stole the name Nature Boy from Buddy Rogers. So I mean everyone has copied True. everyone in some point in some form or fashion. Kevin Owens with the stunner now. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, but yeah, DDP man, like, does he have an ice pack on him? Like, I've seen people, I've seen people with a tape job and everything. I don't think I've ever seen. I think it's some sort of some kind of padding of some sorts. Which, like, I've heard stories over the years and in, in shooting interviews from guys that, uh, you know, DDP notoriously spent time in the trainer's room to get iced up and taped up. A lot of guys used to think he was fucking overdoing it when it came to that. But, I mean, think about it. He starts wrestling at 35. His body's not the same as it was 10, 15 years yeah. prior. So he's taking all these bumps at 35 and really working his body at an age where he should probably have slowed it down at that point, you know, from a physicality aspect. But he was he was late to the game, so I could see why he was uh, very... Um, aware of uh, the amount of punishment he was putting on his body and trying to preserve it for such a long period of time. That's true. In the corner, kicks. Wearing each other out here. Yeah, just a brawl. No idea what he said there. Yeah, neither did I. I think he called uh, him a piece of crap. I don't think he knows what he said. Yeah. You ever watched the uh, the DDP documentary on the network? I have not. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've seen... I saw him on uh, Table for Three. I'm trying to remember who he was with. That was a good one. I've seen him on those before, yeah. He's, yeah, he's been on like two or three, I feel like. I saw him on one with um, Sting Invader. Yes, WCW uh, Legends one. Yeah, and then I think I saw... I think he was on one with Hall and Nash, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't remember. Don't remember. I've seen a lot of those. I like the table for three. Those are fun, yeah. Those are fun, because you hear stories you may never have heard before. Yeah, um, yeah those can be a lot of fun. Just have to have the right people on it. Oh, for sure. Like, who'd they have recently that I watched? Um, Cesaro, Rollins, and Nigel McGuinness. 
You don't know who Nigel McGuinness is? Sounds familiar, but I can't remember. He used to wrestle for Ring of Honor. He was a big deal in Ring of Honor for a while. Um, he's actually the um, the English commentator on uh, NXT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Nigel was like a what? Three? What did they? The three of them have in common? Well, they all kind of came up in like the Ring of Honor system. Um, so WWE is promoting that. <laughs> yeah, I mean WWE's had a decent relationship with Ring of Honor. They've licensed a lot of Ring of Honor footage to use it for um, for different projects. Like when they do stuff on AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, they've used like Ring of Honor clips before because those two kind of cut their teeth in Ring of Honor. Yeah. There is a rumor that when they do reveal that tiered package of the network, that Ring of Honor's footage is going to be available. That WWE's going to license their footage, but. That'd be cool. Um, Everyone's just going to assume that they're going to be bought out, but... Um, nice double axe handle off the top to Diamond Dallas Page on the yeah, outside. this is at the end of Macho's career, too. Yeah, he didn't wrestle too much longer after this. A couple more years. He was um, <clears throat> still part of the NWO for about a year or so, two years. Then he came back and did something with... Uh, um, where he had Sid as his bodyguard and he had the girls. Hey, there's the flock. I didn't know where they were sitting. Billy Kidman, good God. He keeps scratching himself. I wonder what's going on there. <laughs> My goodness. Now it's getting interesting because they're all out in the crowd. Oh, yeah. I remember back when they would, you know, have wrestlers get into the crowd. It used to be, like, a big deal, and they'd have a ton of security, and the crowd would, like, swarm the wrestlers. Now wrestlers go in the crowd, and the crowd fucking backs off. They don't even go near them. Yeah. Look at that kid getting into it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, come on, kick his ass, yeah, kick his ass, yeah. There's, like, two security guards. Oh, look at this guy. just took his shirt off. That's yeah, weird. that's cool, dude. Weird flex, bro. What are you doing? Just threw his shirt. Oh, oh, I thought he was about to throw his shirt. He's like, get out of the way. Wait, is he about to, th he about to throw down? Like, what was his, what was his end game there? I think he was just trying to... I think he realized, like, all right. I bet you that dude watches is... this match, like, once a week. So he'd be can... like, yeah, I took there my shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Shows everyone who comes to his house. Yeah, that's me, guys. Dude. I just watched an old, old, old Clash of Champions recently on the network. It was from June 14th. They were they held a show in Fort Bragg, North Carolina in the middle of the summer in this, like, fucking run-down old building. The, there's no air conditioning in the building. JR is doing the commentary. He is sweating through his fucking suit. You could see, like, the, like, the referee's shirts are, like, so you could see their fucking stomachs and their and their their man titties and everything like guys are just sweating just getting out to the ring not even wrestling itself and then uh towards the end of the show you could see the crowd like most of the guys have their shirts off because it's so fucking hot in there it's fucking hilarious june 14th 1989 clash of the champions guts and glory i was main... i was uh 13 months old by the way really 88 okay all right <clears throat> i was six years old I was six years old at that time. I love how they just destroyed the tombstones because, like, and when DDP kicked one and it went like 
flying. 50 yards flying. Like, way to sell the fact that they're not real. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What are you counting for? It's a, like a last man standing match. Oh, I was like, it's yeah. like, they've been out of the ring for way longer than 10 seconds, yeah. buddy. Lights out, sudden death. I forgot about that situation. I knew it was like a... All their matches are very physical and had like no DQ kind of stipulations. Yeah. Which made for their rivalry. You know, made, made good when it came to their rivalry, I should say. Obviously, you don't say it, but I don't even know who wins this match. Um, spoiler alert. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Look at that bald spot. Where's Miss Elizabeth at? Let's show her again. There she is. Now, Savage, from what I hear, used to be very protective of his hair and his bald spot and things like that. Like he used to, he used to get mad when guys would pull his hair because he was afraid that guys were gonna yank his hair out. There's one story where, like, he told Andre the Giant during a match, like, you know, he's like, hey, take it easy on the air. And Andre was like, why? He was like, because I'm good. He goes, I got a bald spot. I'm losing it. You know, he's like, take it easy. I want to preserve it. And Andre basically was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not listening to you. (laughs) Sounds sounds like Andre. So then, like, Savage would, like, to avoid Andre kind of, like, taking advantage of him, Savage used to oil himself up with baby oil before the matches. And Andre hated it, so he'd get so pissed, and he'd be like, Baby oil, get out! And he'd fucking make him, like, wipe it off. Um, because he knew, like, no, nobody fucked with Andre. Everyone listened to Andre, but yeah, Savage yeah. Savage had a hard time working with Andre, from what I heard. He used to get fucking chewed up and spit out like it was no tomorrow. But Macho Man in the NWO, I I don't know. What would you think about it? I wasn't a fan of it. What else was he doing? He wasn't he, just, he wasn't doing much. I mean, I know he was in the six man tag where Hogan became they formed the NWO. He was it was him, Sting, and Luger. Luger, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say Flair for some reason. I don't know why I was gonna say Flair. Let's just beat up the cameraman, why don't we? Yeah. Let besides me take a that, selfie, uh-huh. Yeah, besides that, what did... What was Macho really doing in WCW? I mean, you know, he was... I, I guess it was their way of trying to, like, add some more depth to the character. I just remember that, like, the NWO formed and they were really beating on Savage and then Hogan beat him in a pay-per-view and Savage disappeared for a while. And after he disappeared, um, he came back and he was kind of like this loner. Like, he was, like, aligned with Sting for a little bit. Yeah. And here's Miss Elizabeth with the waitress tray <laughs> over the head of Mickey J, the referee. Um, and uh, Savage, um, she's really getting into it. See, you never really saw Liz do any of this kind of crazy shit. She was just there to yeah. kind of cheer on, but she really... You saw another side of her in this rivalry. Oh, speaking of another side, there's Kimberly. Kimberly. Yeah. The ex-wife of Diamond Dallas Page. Ex-wife then or? No, ex-wife now. Oh. Yeah, they... Uh, her thong is all the way up. Yes. That's okay with me. Yeah. 
I'm cool with that. Yeah, I believe she's his business manager, or she's she, or I forget what she does, but she um, they still have a very good relationship. They're just not um together. Banging anymore? Yeah, like and the they talk about it in the 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 DDP documentary on the network. She they both invited them each other to their own weddings. Like DDP invited when he got remarried and when she got remarried, they both went to each other's weddings. That's weird. Um. I mean, hey, there are people that, you know... Good for them. That, ...that get along, you know? My wife and her ex, you know, they, they they have a kid together, my stepson, and they get along, you know? We had we had them over for a barbecue a while back. No chairs thrown? No. Yeah, I get along great with my stepson's father. He's, he's a good guy. My in-laws don't, but my in-laws have history with him, you know? Well, that makes sense. More like, sense. Yeah. You know, I... I get along with him great. He's always treated me good. He's always had respect for me. Oh, so, Kenny Powers now. There you go. So. Kenny Powers. <laughs> is that Nick Patrick? Yeah, that is Nick oh, Patrick. God. Yeah. Nick Patrick, the. Nick Patrick was a crooked referee before fucking Earl Hebner screwed Bret Hart. And I don't think people give Nick Patrick enough credit for that. Sure. Was he supposed to nail the diamond cutter? What's going on there? Don't know what's going on there, but uh, looks like we're getting a count right now. Hit him with the flying elbow. There's someone coming to make their way. It looks like the, the audience is... Oh, hey, now he almost fell off the top. It's that drunk. I know, right? Oh, oh, that was that fucking was awful. So bad. What are you doing? But I guess he's trying to sell the fatigue of, uh, of 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 the beating he's been taking from DDP in this match. I mean, it has been a tiring match. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. This match is the longest match on the card. It gets eighteen minutes seven seconds. Wow. Even longer than the main event, which, which rightfully is the so. Cage. <laughs> Which is Age in a Cage with Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. Referee still counting. Page still down and out. He's up. That was one horrendous looking body slam. <laughs> He's going to go to the top again. This has to be better. <laughs> I would hope. Not saying much. Yeah. I would hope. Give him an elbow drop. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Just spit in the air. Yeah, they probably landed right back on him. Yeah. That was a better looking elbow drop. Not saying much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, they've... They've had a long, drawn-out fight, so can imagine there's fatigue and they're tired. Oh, Savage back down to a knee. I don't even know what number they're on. Oh, I almost made it. Almost got to 10. 
Referee gets knocked out, and bam, diamond cutter. One, two, three, four, five. And who's going to make the run in? Six. Going to get a run in here? Come on. Not yet. Nine, ten. Savage has been down to overtime seconds. Yeah. If this referee knew how to count. All right, we got one. Two. I'm not going to count along. You guys yeah. are watching as you're listening. I mean, they've both been down for way more than 10 seconds. Yep. That's why the referee got Considering this is the last man standing match. What's your favorite last man standing match in wrestling history? Ooh. been some really good ones too Ooh, and there's the kick to the nuts yikes i mean still to this day i love when i know they're not considered last man standing matches but cask matches were basically the same thing where you basically had to knock out your opponent and put him in the casket i love those i wish they'd see that's the way to do the taker fiend oh with bray wyatt yeah oh yeah, this is uh This is not Sting. Yeah, this is fake Sting. This is a fake Sting. If you look closely. Oh, I know it is. Yeah. It was supposed to be Sting, but it was not. Do they show who it is? No. But it was Hogan dressed as Sting. And I think even on commentary they were like, That's not Sting. Like they're like someone appeared like Sting to save the macho man. Yeah. Yeah, if there's a last man standing match that I would go on to say is my favorite, I'll probably take. I'd probably say Jericho Triple H from Fully Loaded 2000, July of 2000. It's on the network. Okay. That's a really good last man standing match. Probably my favorite. Savage here getting the victory over Diamond Dallas Page with a little help of the fake sting. Just yeah. some more NWO shenanigans, as always, in 1997. God, Randy Savage needed some hair restoration treatment. Yeah. 97, holy cow. Too many years of bandanas and rocking the bandanas have uh, stunted the growth on really the hair. sold that uh, baseball bat well, if you think about it, he, maybe it was just the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, and, yeah, that you know, makes sense. He totally taken a beating. Yeah, this is a this is a good match. Yeah, this was like I said, probably second best behind uh, behind. Uh, Where does age in the cage rank then? On this show or in general? On the show. Oh God! Well, it's 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 not worse than Disco and Jackie. It's not worse than Alex Wright and Mongo. It's not worse than Ghetto and Jericho. Um, Ultimo and uh, Ultimo and UG Nagata. I don't know. Yeah, we just punch Kenny Powers out. Honestly, I don't know. But here, I got a question to ask you. Put you on the spot a little bit. All right. Next show, I'm thinking of doing a Survivor Series fantasy draft. 
I'm in. That's all you, right? Oh, I'm in. Okay. All right. Good man. That's what I'm thinking about next week. Next week, a Survivor Series fantasy draft to get to get people set for the upcoming Survivor Series event. Um, taking all the, take, we'll have a whole list of of everyone that has competed in a Survivor Series match. Actually, no, I'm sorry, not everyone. The sole survivors, the winners of Survivor Series matches. Yeah, you can make a team from there, and you can make a team from there. Oh man, you have a team. I have a team. Maybe we'll get some other guys involved. Maybe Donnie will be involved in this one. If he wants to be a part of it, too. We'll draft. We'll do a lot. We'll do a fantasy draft here on Kicking Out of Two. And make our our all-time Survivor Series team. What do you think about that? How many times is Orton a lone survivor? Oh, God. Five? Like three. Like, yeah, close to like four or five. Yeah. Man, CNS going to have to be on some team. Because you know they never killed him off. Yeah. Same with Reigns. We could do that, or we can structure it like we take an all-time Survivor Series dream team both. and do, like, you know, guys that didn't compete in Survivor Series. I say we do both. Yeah. I say we, like, make a team of the best, the best one you can think of and do a draft. That works. Our own individual teams, then maybe a collective team. Five-man teams? Yeah. All right. That works, yeah. Okay. We'll do a five-man team. Each of us will have five guys. Do a women's one? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let's, let's just go it. male and female. What the hell? Dusty. That's right, baby. Mega Dream Dusty Rhodes. Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Hand. Saw him at the beginning of the show here. Hiding yeah, up the... Cr- first time seeing him since. Yeah, since the opening up. And they're building up age in the cages, like you would call it. God damn. I don't know why I ordered this pay-per-view when I was younger. It was a cool concept. Yeah. I think it's because it was like Halloween Havoc. It was the first one I had ever ordered. I'd seen a few of them at like other friends' houses and stuff, but like yep. I never ordered one. So I was like, oh, I want to order Halloween Havoc. And my parents let me. I feel like growing up, we always did Mania. We always did SummerSlam. I feel like we most of the time did Survivor Series. Um, and Rumble. I mean, I think we just did the core four. Yeah, we did mostly Mania and a couple of Summer Slams, but Rumble I remember doing a lot. Rumbles, Rumbles used to be on my birthday. My parents used to let me order it, and then they would. I'd have friends over, and we'd watch it because sometimes the Rumble was on during the day. Like That's crazy. The '93 Rumble was on in like the late afternoon on a Sunday. It was on at like <laughs> like three o'clock in the afternoon. Can't do that nowadays. Well, with WrestleMania and the fucking marathons they have, they ought to. God damn. That's why I was so surprised when uh, SummerSlam ended at like 10.30 this year. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. But it was a good amount of time to have a show because they didn't cram too much in, you know? It made you feel like it was, you know, it, it was important. But not like WrestleMania where it starts at fucking 5 o'clock and almost ends at 1 a.m. Like, holy shit. I don't know how people do that. Yeah. Sit there that whole time, and especially if it's, you know, there in that time when it was cold in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. You know? It was early April, but it was still fucking cold. I did hear correctly. I think I I think I heard this, but is SummerSlam coming to Boston, actually? SummerSlam is coming to Boston. Yes, it is. It's wow. uh, going to be a TD Garden for might four have to, nights. I have to attend that. SmackDown, TakeOver, 
SummerSlam and Raw. Oh, SmackDown Kona Friday. Yep. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So they'll have four nights. They start that with Survivor Series uh, in Chicago this year. There'll be SmackDown, TakeOver, Raw, and uh, um, and uh, Survivor Series all on the same Jeez. night. Because I think by the time you get to Tuesday, everyone's fucking burnt out. Like, when they did SummerSlam in Toronto, they had... Uh, strong attendance for TakeOver. SummerSlam had a good good attendance. Even Raw was decent, but SmackDown had, like, the lowest attendance. I think by, like, Tuesday, everyone's fucking crapped out. Whereas, yeah. like, if you held it on... You went from Friday to Monday, you'd probably get more people that would want to stay and do a especially long weekend for, like that. Especially for Mania, too, because so much has happened for the Mania, the Raw after Mania. Yeah. They tried to make the, the, the SmackDown after Mania, like, a big deal. Um, yeah. But it didn't it 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 didn't pan out, and I think too that like raw this is after a blue cage. Sorry to interrupt. No, it is not. Oh my god, it I miss the... I miss the blue cage. Oh, I love the blue cage. They need to bring back the blue cage. That's for sure. Um, but now with the schedule for Mania, you know, I I wonder where they fit the Hall of Fame in because you have you have Takeover, you have SmackDown, yeah. you have Takeover, you have Hall of Fame, you have WrestleMania, and you have Raw. So do they do, do, they do Hall of Fame Thursday? take over or smackdown friday take over saturday go to the stadium for mania sunday then go back to the arena for raw monday like yeah a lot you know with those where's mania that this year tampa that's right so a lot of a lot of fans for mania have a tendency to get in on thursday because that's when they open fan access Um, i wonder if they're gonna do WrestleCon has a convention i wonder if they're gonna do a uh have they announced where Raw is being held, or because it can't be at the stadium? It can't no, be no, at, no. The, the, so they they're gonna be where the Rays the, play. Um, no, where the Bucks play. No, I know that. I know that's where Mania is. Oh no, they'll do the arena, um, where the the oh, Lightning yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, totally forgot about the Yeah. We're in America. We don't really watch hockey. All the <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, that's where the. Um, the lightning play, so they'll do. I forgot about that. They'll do Hall of Fame. They'll do Takeover, uh, SmackDown, and Raw. I would, I would imagine, in the same arena. And that's early April, which is around when hockey playoffs start. They better be banking on the lightning. I'll be good. Well, I would guess that with whatever, whatever amenities the city offers them, oh, yeah. that there will be another building available. For things like that, um, he was the title holder. No, he just stole Hogan's belt. Oh, I was gonna say no yeah. way. Yeah, no, Piper didn't have the heavyweight belt. He just stole it from Hogan, like on a Nitro before that. Because this wasn't for the belt. No, this was. Um, this was because they had already. I think I said it. I think they already announced Hogan and Sting for Starcade for the title. So they they. Starcade was their mania. Yeah, that was their mania, absolutely. And it was a good, and you usually saw big events. Big matches take place on those Starcades. Same thing with Havoc, but Havoc was like, you know, the probably the second or third. If you were to pick, like, you know, WWE has, like, the four, core four, four yeah. with, like, Mania, Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. WCW was probably Starcade, Halloween Havoc, Bash at the Beach, and, um, like, Super Brawl were probably, like, the big events for them. Yeah. Everything else was just kind of there. 
You know what I mean? But we'll see what WWE does with the, the scheduling with the events for WrestleMania weekend. Like I said, I would I feel like logistically from a production standpoint, you would do the Hall of Fame on a Thursday first. Yeah. And then have the rest of your wrestling related events where you're gonna need the ring, like Although I didn't mind the fact that they had the ceremony in the ring at this past one, if you watched it. Did you watch the Hall of Fame? Uh, I saw... Who's did I see? I saw the last one. DX? Yeah. Yeah. All the Hall of Fames are merging together as they keep putting in every person who ever debuted. Or I think they need to scale it down. They really do, but at this point, like, if you start scaling it down now... Like, the people that have gotten in barely, like, who say that they're better than the guys who should barely get in, yeah. like, upcoming? Well, I just feel like scaling it down in the sense that, like, um, make the, make the, make, it's not a ceremony, it's a show. You know yeah. what I mean? Make it, make it more special. Make it so that, like, let's say, for instance, the day they decide to put Undertaker in. I wouldn't put anyone else in but Undertaker, you know? Like, I would dedicate the event to Undertaker where you you have the same setup, but you have guys that were associated with Undertaker's career get up and speak, um, you know, tell stories, and then finally someone comes out to induct Ooh, Undertaker. F- yeah. Yeah, that's... What the fuck? Yeah. It's ass-eating season in Age in the Cage. Seriously. With Roddy Piper and Hollywood Hogan. Yay. Who thought that was a good idea? Ugh. Um... If you had to guess right now, who headlines this year's Hall of Fame class? Um, I'm thinking Batista. He just got done. Reti- he retired. Dude, why is Rowdy Piper he, biting he, him? Because he's weird. He he just retired. He, he just retired. They did that special with him on the network. Um, he's a big movie star now. Vince likes to get that sort of mainstream. You know, if he can get fucking Drax the Destroyer from Avengers to headline the Hall of Fame, yeah, m- media is going to be all over that. Um, but it's either him or the original three of the NWO, Hogan Hall and Nash. I think they induct the NWO in as a group, which would kind of water down the two-time Hall of Famer concept because... How many are there currently? Uh, four. Flair, Sean... Booker and Brett and Sean Booker and Brett all went in earlier this year as two-time Hall of Famers. Yeah. Booker went in as Harlem Heat, Brett went in as Heart Foundation and Sean went in with DX and Sean and they were already all in on their own accounts. Yeah. So um I feel like it would water down the two-time Hall of Famer concept, but I mean if they put the NWO in, I I honestly think they should it, they should do Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Bischoff. Just yes. those four. Because those four were the most important components of the NWO. Correct. Bischoff helped create it. Hogan was the guy that really put it over the top. And Hall and Nash really started it with their arrival. You know what I mean? You remember other guys in it, but you those are the four yeah. more most important components. Yep. That's what I would do. I'd put those four in together and leave it at that. Who do you think would go in as a headliner? At what point does Rock go in? He could go in now, but I think his... I, th- I think... I think they missed their window when they had it down in Miami. 
They could have done it then. Yeah, they absolutely. When he wrestled done. Cena that year. He could have done it then. That's what everyone kind of thought was going to happen. Um, and I heard the report a couple weeks ago that saying, I have Rock will never wrestle again. I don't believe it. Yeah, he said he quietly retired. I don't buy that either. Um, I think if they throw enough money at him and his schedule, and there's an opening in his schedule, yeah, he's got at least one or two more in him. Yeah. I know that they've been wanting to do him and Brock forever. Like, for the past five years, and they've tried they to get... they wanted to do him and Reigns. Him and Reigns, yeah. So that... Or it, him and Reigns first, someone... Did this match just end? No. It's, there's no, it's a pinfall only. There's there, the, the escape concept... Uh, is not part of this match. Dumb. Yeah. You can leave a cage match. Yeah. What's the whole point of having a fucking cage match if you're going to leave? It's supposed to keep the guys in the cage. So stupid. Yeah. It's like hell in a cell. Yeah. We used to all be like, all right, how are they going to get out of the cage and do a crazy spot this time, you know? But, um... Hopefully you'll find a way. The door didn't even hit him that time around. <laughs> Ooh, they are selling it though. Badly. This is this is an old cage they used um, at, at the very first Halloween Havoc in 1989. It was called the Thunder Cage, and there was actually like a little pitch on the roof of the cage. There wasn't a full roof, but it was almost like it was there almost was like a little opening. Yeah, it was like an opening up top, and um, this worst thing comes out. I don't know. I don't know if Sting comes out here or if Piper chases him back to the ring. Um, but yeah, they used this cage for the first Halloween yeah, Havoc. Assuming this is thing. And they tried to treat it like that's another fake Sting. Who's this one? I don't know. He's small to be Sting. Kidman. Is it, it X-Pac? Might be X-Pac. Yeah. Yeah, this cage is like, looks like a run-down barn, you know? Yeah, it definitely doesn't want to look like anything they have nowadays. And if that's the case, just bring the blue one back. <laughs> yeah, that's not Sting. And also, too, like I said, the timing of this was horrible. It was Hogan and Piper in this cage match a few weeks before this was the very first Hell in the Cell match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker over on the WWF side. A month before that, WCW did a War Games match with two rings and a double cage. It was like cage match city for like the the last two months. And this cage just seemed to be very underwhelming. Oh, yeah. Like, there's nothing about this cage match that screams like excitement or dangerous or anything like that just the two names alone but even that Lufa. yeah i don't know what the reason was behind this cage i don't know if they tried to do something different or they they put the wrong cage in because they used to use the the regular chain link fence for a while yeah um but yeah i don't know I mean, they can still tell a story. Yeah. The two of them. Oh, they're good. Yeah. I almost had a chance to see them at um, in Fishkill, New York, at an indie show. Uh, Northeast Wrestling did a huge show at the at the, some minor league baseball stadium, and it was headlined by a Piper's Pit segment with Piper and Hogan. 
and Hogan rare, Hogan never does indie shows. Never. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have to. Number one. Him. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's almost been another sting. Okay. I think that could be the real sting. Maybe. Way more believable than the one sitting next to him. That's true. Um, and I didn't go to the show. I really wanted to, but I couldn't make it. And um, these two had a moment where they they had the people in the palm of their hands, but like just the the, the mic work alone. Um, so you can't escape the cage to win. What's the point of this right now? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't even think they know. And they didn't even do like a big spot there either. Well, like look they, how old they are. That's true. Fucking Piper was sucking wind just walking down the aisle. It's a big, big aisle. <laughs> <laughs> what was the mania where Cena had a rundown the entire thing? All of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about like the like longest one ever. Or literally, weren't they, uh, the big show, didn't he get, like, a uh, golf cart ride down? Or was that, was a, that was Rumble. Uh, Rumble and Big Show had the golf cart A lot of those guys had to do the golf cart ride. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um. was way too big. Yeah, the, um, Jesus, he's fucking wearing them out with that belt. Um. Yeah, you've seen the, the 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 shot, you know, the in the highlight reels over the years of Cena running down the ramp at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, might have been the one where he had like all the guys dressed up like him, like they tried to do the spoof yeah. on the Eminem VMA uh, spot. Yeah. That might have been it. But um. Yeah, Royal Rumble in January is going to uh, Houston where the Astros play. Oh, nice. The baseball stadium there. Um. And I kind of dug the, the Royal Rumble this past year from uh, Phoenix at their yeah. baseball stadium. Just the setup of it and how they like came out of the dugout. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I think they're going to kind of do that similar setup again. Like, what is he doing right now? Like, you can't win by... Like, you already left the cage once. Yeah. Why are you... Unless you plan on dropping an elbow of some kind, what the fuck are you doing? This is just frame to see. I don't get this at all. And that cage does not look like it's very sturdy. Oh, there's a sting. A sting. Not the sting, but a sting. I think it could be. I remember though. Like, what is, what is, what, why is Hogan climbing back up? <sighs> he, Piper didn't have a hold of him by then. Beats the fuck out of me. This is just a match where you're like, why is this even a thing right now? That's scary up there. Like, imagine. I have no idea now. Yeah. Another sting. Another sting. They're coming out of the woodwork now. Yeah, stings everywhere. You get a sting, and you get a sting, and everybody gets a sting. They're going to pan back to the flock, and the sting's going to be sitting next to them. Yeah, probably. I think that's the only reason why they did that camera shot was to show these guys. And what's Piper doing? Now you're running away too? This is arguably the worst cage match in wrestling history. Arguably. Without question. I mean, come on. 
Can't think of them any worse. That cage looks like like a like a like a five year old put it together. Yeah. And it's so flimsy and like look how dangerous that is. Like one of these two fuckers could have fell, you know? Yes. Yeah, is... Like it's not like they got the big blue cage just like attached to the ring, you know? Like this is it's thing is shaking. Swing. Yeah. One sting. Ha, ha, ha. Two sting. Two three sting. sting. Three sting. Ah, ah, ah. Four sting. Ah, ah, ah. Jesus Christ. Is this shit going to be over with already? Oof. See, look, sucking wind. Yeah. Wipe your forehead. Come on, man. Just end this shit. Oh, God. This is fucking brutal. What's with Hulk Hogan having shitty matches at Halloween Havoc? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, remember a good one? Um, the shit with Flair. That was Havoc? 94, yeah. The cage match they had then, which was not this cage. No. Okay, so if there's no referee in sight, who, who like, counts the pen? Yeah, I don't get that either. <laughs> I don't understand that. You can't escape, but there's no referee in the okay, ring. Here, here comes one guy. Kenny Powers? No, this is referee Pee Wee Anderson. Oh, Hogan so, can't believe it. So does the... Oh, calling for backup. Does another sting come out? No. Well, yeah, he's got the third blowjob of the night ready to go. All right, wh what the fuck's he doing? There's a door. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. He's gonna hit Hogan, isn't he? He's fucking crazy. Jesus Christ. Could you be any fucking dumber? You could, hey, you could break your ankle like that. Did you see when he jumped off the top of that cage, how, like, the it bent and the whole thing just swayed the way it did? Not safe. Not at all. Please put sleep this match roll. to sleep. Yeah. Please. One. Yeah, no. Two. He's going to go almost down, and then he's going to... And the match is over. Finally. Thank fucking God. Wait, Piper won that match? Yes, with the sleeper hold. But it's not for the belt. Ugh. And there's Bischoff. And wow. more stings. Now, during this post-match beatdown, an actual fan from the audience will make his way into the ring. And really? Yes. And I don't remember that. Yeah. Does he climb the cage? or? Does yes, he does. Cage? As a matter of fact, he does. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> what is this? Not a real sting. I don't know. It's not a real sting, though. Did they beat up the fan? They actually did. They show the whole thing on camera, unless the network version here edits it out. But... 
and the camera shows him the whole fucking time too so you you, you wonder if it was if it was planned or not but security get does get involved in the in the match and handcuffing piper to the cage shock those hank and uh shock the handcuffs and take down the cage i know right hogan's done enough climbing all right dude just fucking cuff him call it a day end this misery that was Shark this that was this Macho main event. winded after his match and now he's perfectly fine oh yeah are they not showing it with the kid the fan Oh, God, this is silly. Sting never comes out? No. Which I thought was weird. Because they made Here it. Here it is. Yeah. Not a, not a plant. This is a real fan getting involved. Look at him. The camera shows it, too, which is wild. See, look, the, 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 the fucking tackled him. Thing. Yeah, with the pantyhose over his face, tackled him. And Savage and Hogan see it, and it's like, oh, let's beat up the mark. The kid got away. So this is an actual fan. This is an actual fan. The stories I've heard over the years is this was not a plant. It's an actual did fan. They, did they know that when? They see security getting involved right there. And they're just, they're, yeah, Doug Dillinger. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, let me get a shot in. No, I wonder if they were like, dude, this isn't, this is an actual fan, like, stop this. Savage is really roughing this kid up. Yeah, this is, uh. We gotta get this kid on the, uh. Yeah, H Hogan's. Podcast. Yeah, I know, right? What was it like to get your ass kicked by Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage? Look at the referees. <laughs> Come on, he's pulling him by one leg. This kid's a fighter. Man, look at him. He's not quitting. There's four people on him. They can't get this little skinny-ass kid. Hogan and Savage were doing just fine corralling him up, and you you four can't even fucking get this, get this guy in, 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 under control. Oh, my goodness. It's actually a young AJ Styles. I know, right? Yeah. That would have been hilarious. And that about does it. That is the end that's of the It's a great our, way to end the well, pay-per-view. Yeah, that is, that, that's certainly a, uh, a a memorable way to end the show. Um, this is a lot of fun, man. Thank you uh, for, uh, for for joining me. Uh, what did you think overall of uh, Halloween Havoc 1997, going back and watching it now, 22 Just years later? few good matches, a lot of... Uh, a lot of shit. A lot of shit, yeah. but it was... It was great to see the Mysterio and Eddie match. It was good to see the, uh, what do you call it, Luger and Scott Hall match. I like that one. DDP and Macho. DDP and Macho, even yeah. though Macho, Macho looked like he was almost done. Yeah. The fact that he came out, what, 10 minutes later to help another match? Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he had reached the end. Right there, that's for sure. And as much as I joked around, it was good to see just how bad Alex Wright, Disco Inferno, <laughs> Steve Mongo McMichael, all those guys. Just to, It's good to remember 
how far wrestling has come oh. since those guys. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be singing the praises of uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks for, from now oh on. God, we'll be singing the uh, praises of freaking Heath Slater. Heath Slater, yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> well, once again, thank you so very much for, uh, for, for joining me. This was awesome. Can't and, wait uh, for uh, this Survivor Series. Survivor Series, yeah, Survivor Series Fantasy Draft. You're in. Let's do it, man. That's I think that's going to be next week. Oh, right. and it's gonna be next week so we'll get on that maybe donnie will join us and we'll uh, we'll draft up a fantasy survivor series team both male and female and with like that being it. with that being said i think it's about that time we put this show down for the three count and we will see you all next week